0: Uh, okay. So we, 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 we just started. Okay. Um, I didn't know if you want me to start without you though. Yeah. Sorry, I've been pacing back and forth. <clears throat> Wickham's here. Um, that's pretty. That's really cool. We started the podcast with Wickham. He's here, and jo- Jonathan Shaw's here. It's really incredible. I I really do feel like when we kind of started b- focusing. You know more on. It's just funny that Wickham's here because we the first couple podcasts are just like art, culture, Kanye, and now I still think we could talk about that kind of stuff, but somehow we always just end up talking about, um, you know, more recovery-based kind of stuff. Um, although I do want to touch on like John, Jonathan's like you know books and maybe some of his relationships and. His experience in Brazil, but. uh um
1: And the, the gypsies. We don't want uh, to forget uh, the gypsies. I, I feel mean, like. Pat might not be into it, but I want to hear about it. No, I feel like my voice. Um, <clears throat> Here, uh, do you want to put your headphones on? What was, or I, was, I, uh,
2: what was I, I trying
3: do I to say?
0: Not I, really, if I you don't, don't want to. About I mean, yeah, no, you, you don't need them. I'll it make kind sure. Of makes
3: me self conscious because then I hear myself through these things. I'm like, ew. Yeah,
1: you, know, you don't have to wear them. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I never do when I do. That. I've done like hundreds of podcasts. Right. Well, I well, always, I know, always, is, want to do this, have that
2: close.
1: really close.
0: Uh, not like you know, like a fit, like no less than a fist away. Okay, that's, that's easy. what Joe says. Got it. Um, <clears throat> oh, what I was going to say was, I feel like having Jonathan. On the podcast was like a, a a dream of ours. Whoa! It really was, or even Randy or well, dream Paul of God, or brother.
3: I mean, I'm a lot more available than you think. Yeah, I guess cause...
0: no, it's just weird because this thing has just sort of it's becoming effortlessly. Well, I mean, I put a lot of effort into it, sure, but it's like I get it. Paul came into it, and it's almost like it's almost like, for lack of a better analogy, God has graced paul with like this he's finding gary lit and he's bringing jonathan shaw and it's like he came out of nowhere he came out of the instagram or or the social media yeah i saw one of your uh something on instagram i was like
4: that's Pat,
0: dude like yeah hit,
4: just hit you up and uh
0: and i was like dude just and, me and you know it's funny because when you're not like in someone's life, and you're not really talking to them. Like I know Paul, right? But like when he hit me up, my initial reaction was like, "Oh, you, my!" Like my first thought was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know." Like, but then like, I there's that big thug from Prime Time. Well, well, not really. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, I guess so. But like, not really. <laughs> but I'm so good at like, just like bringing everyone. Just like I've changed. Like I go to the. Hey, come on! I go. It took a second
4: for you to invite me. Yeah,
0: yeah, because almost, almost because I didn't even know. You don't even think that's an option. You didn't in invite
4: me till I mentioned the hat. I said that looks like a third
0: edition big book. Oh, Yo, come man. to my meeting. Really? Yeah. yeah you know that's what it is? It is I don't even necessarily think people want to come what? or even would come. Yeah, it's weird, but now it's starting to become a thing. That's like actually. Pretty cool. So, uh, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks man. for
3: having me, brother. Yeah.
1: When I Paul mean, showed up, it took me back like seven years or something. Yeah. It was in, it was a trip.
0: <laughs> yeah. So just just to catch everyone up, like um, me, Paul, and and Billy, and um, Jonathan. Before COVID, well, I would actually. I want to say even like a year or two. Like I want to say before prime time started to sort of six, seven years, man. Yeah, yeah, like before. I guess before. I guess you could say before that particular meeting started to disintegrate. Disintegrate. Kind
3: of. What's the word? Degenerate. I think.
0: Mm. I don't know. We were it's losing its saver. a <laughs> mm. savor. Yeah, it, it was a great meeting,
3: saver brother. Yeah, it was <laughs> a great meeting. It was, dude.
1: It was awesome. You
3: Go back in prime time. What, like twenty years or something more?
1: Uh not that long. But well, Randy I go back was
3: like twenty years in prime time, and I remember when that shit was like the in place to be,
2: man. Like wow.
3: even those Casey meetings, mm. dude. We used to have like these lavish barbecues on the. Beach because somebody had like a zillion dollar beach house in Malibu. We'd go
0: have meetings there. Casey's my all time favorite speaker.
3: Well, he's, he he could talk the talk, but man. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> oh, I heard.
0: Okay, he I'll say it. i right. oh.
3: I'll say it. He's a straight up fucking psychopath.
0: I mean, I know that guy well. Wow. Well, I mean, what you know? It's you know what's interesting is I feel like a lot of times the people who carry the strongest message. Are, are the ones that are... The best talkers are the fucking crippled walkers, man. There it is. You know, right? not
3: always, not always, but...
0: Or at it, least they were, and it's really hard.
3: It's it's hard to put those two together, and then it's like a big slap in the face. But the cool thing about Casey was he used to say this thing, which I, I say to this day, he would say... The truth is the truth, even when a liar, liar says it. it.
2: That's Big mm. Frank That's says that too. That's what I'm
3: saying. I that love was that. his fucking phrase, and it applies to him so poetically. <laughs> Big Frank a- would
4: say, "Even a broken, clo- uh, even a broken clock is right
0: twice a day." Boom. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Man. So yeah. you
3: know, yeah. Pr- pr- I don't want
0: principles before personalities. Yeah, yeah. That's-
3: been the saving grace for me yeah. for almost 20 years in primetime. I mean, like, that, saving grace. And that's,
0: I feel like that's why I can even, I probably even would, I would mm, probably, I could potentially even send.
2: Take yeah, he, he, he,
0: he's playing. That's how he plays.
3: That's uh, how he plays. I'd hate to see when he gets pissed. No, no, I, no I think he was
1: pissed.
0: Yeah. He looks pissed. Well, you know, he just doesn't like when you touch his. Hands for some reason when he's mm. sleeping. <laughs> he's just funny though. No, he's like a
3: Dude, you lose a fucking finger. No, he me. doesn't
0: bite. It's weird. Like he'll he'll growl and and do that. But um, Damn,
3: maybe that enough. was
0: God's way of yeah. stopping me from saying what I was about to say, which, which was that I was I would I would even send what's her name's share. A woman. who Yeah,
1: I had an encounter with what's her name,
0: and, and to who? Do who, who yeah. I know
3: what's her name? With the yeah, yeah, you yeah. know when uh, yeah the big fat no, behind. no,
0: no. Uh, Astrid. You know she 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 came here and ruined Billy's life. Whoa! She took, called his wife and and said some, what? Yeah, well, well, because she's
3: like, she's so chismosa, man it's just she's, hard it's I didn't hard. know
1: but I know now yeah well
0: because because you know she's she also loves helped. to gossip yeah and, well
3: and she's also part of like a a death a morbid death thrill kind of thing like she's always the one like did you know that so and so just died and so and so oh and they died and they kicked the bucket and they suicided and- wait
0: so, so I wonder it's like, what's I just, up with that? for some reason, against my normal punk rock fuck you and everyone else and what they think judgment, I just wonder if we should not be talking Names. about. Yeah. Because I, I just, let me just say this. She made three. Astrid. <laughs> uh, let me just say this. She mm-hmm. she's, carries an incredible message. She's and I was She's
3: charismatic. Curious. She's brilliant. Yeah. She's fucking eloquent. She's, uh, she's, I told her she'd make a great writer if she could focus that channel, that. You know that expression into some creative channel mm-hmm. other than just, but you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with what speaking, carrying the message but the so, way she well, does. It's great. But she what happened lives. here?
0: What happened here that night was was wrong. And what happened? Uh, well, she someone was filming her, and she got really upset. Uh, we film everything in this house it's i'm trying to make a show i'm, I'm creating content I'm, I'm, I'm sharing my life and my yeah. experience strength and hope with as many people as possible and we're building a platform and it's really incredible a lot of people kind of judge that and aren't used to that so sour grapes brother <laughs> so she <laughs> really like got upset with this dude who my, one of my employees and was like threatening to kill him and she got on one of her she f- fucked with the wrong woman like just crazy whoa and then I, I i tried to calm her down we were yeah i have the whole thing on film like i the whole thing filmed. Well, she, she, what, she got like all ghetto with? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: ghetto Viking. For and sure. then, and then, Ooh. and then oh, I. Knives, there were knives around. Knives she was involved? About those. Yeah. Well,
0: she said, I could just grab one of those fucking knives and stab him to, to like, and I was like, Whoa. yo. But then, <laughs> so, but then we sat down and I got the, I have the whole thing filmed, by the way. Whoa. And I honestly, it was hard for me not to, like, post that because I want people to see what happened. Yeah. This is, this is what we're dealing with. But I didn't. Just because I don't know, I think it's I just didn't, which is crazy. Because and
1: she's spreading her shit about me that's not true all, yeah. all over my community. Yeah. But so, well,
3: so, so that's some ty- that's why I've always kept the principles before personalities. Because if I if I started taking the personalities real serious, I would never fucking participate in another twelve step fellowship serious, for the rest of my fucking serious life. Serious, right. <laughs> serious? Do I stuff? know? I mean, I mean, these personalities—reliable. Really, well, um, that's an option.
1: Yeah, 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 it is an option. I don't know what I, want. I don't know. Anyway, I feel a little weird about talking about her too. But but but, but look, bottom line
0: is, um, I said, you know what? Get the fuck out because she was started coming at me. It, it got it got crazy. I'm like, you know what? You're you need to leave now. This, you're toxic. You need to leave. And this was my birthday and, party. So what? It was his yeah. 50th birthday party. What? Yeah. So she, leaves, so she leaves. She leaves. She calls Billy's wife and, and basically convinces Billy's wife that he's a horrible person. What? And uses some stuff against him that, that Billy. Damn. And, then, and then he couldn't come home that night. So he's been living here for the past three months. Good Lord. Yeah, the, the biggest fucker. issue but, but is my kid. But it's a good thing because we've been doing the podcast. We've been building the Learning to Lose brand together. And it's given us a chance to really focus on this stuff because it's more than just a podcast. I got him – what do you got now on TikTok? 5000 I mean, this guy has 5,000 followers. Like, right Danielle's got like 15. I got like fucking 300,000 almost. What? Yeah, Damn, it's crazy. 20,000 on YouTube. And these are numbers. Uh, look, I hate to be like, oh, look at me. I got, but it, you know, when you can build a follower count, then you can now create art. Like, you, I can already tell that you get that. You value that. You understand that when you create art, if well, you don't want a middleman, you can actually go direct to your fans. Well, it's it, an opportunity to be of service. Well, that too. I mean, no, that... But I also want to just make art and have like Well, 20, art 000. is
3: being... It's right. expressing the gifts that God, or whatever you want to call it... Yeah. You know, the, the the creative spirit, whatever you want to call it, if you don't like the, you know, God word, whatever... But it's an opportunity for you to transmit something bigger <clears> than your 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 you know your little oh, ego you self yeah. to share and pass forward into you know the world of yeah. consciousness and be of service to be able to help
2: hmm.
1: inspire. I never thought of art as service. I like that. No, well, that's
3: the only way I can approach art. You know, I had my sponsee call me yesterday, he's an artist. And he's, but he's also
0: thanks so much, Paul. Taking commercial he jobs. This with me. Hey, you he deserve that spot. I've been doing this
3: for the world. Sorry, what were you saying? Okay, so this guy, you know, he's an artist, but he's he's also a commercial artist in that he's doing shit, you know, with his art to make money, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm working for these clients, and they they want to get all involved, and they don't respect my creative input. And I was like, how much should they pay in you? He was like, oh, you know, shitload of money. And I was mm. like, well, guess what? You don't get to be creative. <laughs> you get <laughs> to be a fucking whore, a well-paid whore, and be grateful for the money that comes in, because that money will support you doing your art. Right. And with your art, you can say, fuck you to everything and everybody, and work with absolute integrity. But if you're getting paid for a job, then forget about your creativity unless they welcome that. If they don't, then, you know, you're doing what they are saying to do and you're being an obedient slave. And thank God that you have the means to take in all this money because you can use that money to support yourself when you decide to take a year off and write your book or go, you know, take photographs of whatever the fuck.
0: You know, mm-hmm. for
3: you, for the integrity of your connection yeah. with your creative
0: self, but like, higher self. You, you whatever. can't, like, everybody wants to do their own thing. But like, art
3: and commerce
0: do not always make happy bedfellows. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> commerce, like, commerce, cha-ching. Yeah. blink But see, you're absolutely right. And I think that's literally why my main goal for the past. 10 years has been to get as many followers as I can That's get awesome. So that I don't have to fucking listen to what you think I should do. I'm just doing this. And me, me and Wickham started doing this, what? Uh, it was two years ago? And, and I, I remember Wickham was like, oh, we should just do a podcast. But then I was like, yeah, but the YouTube's important too. And then you were like, everybody has a podcast. I don't want to. Oh, what were you going to call it? It was going to be called like just another fucking podcast or some shit, you know, but R- the, the Ridge podcast. What was it really That's called? what it started yeah. as. But yeah. my initial idea for the name of it was going to be like, um, this is not a podcast or some dumb shit. So
3: what's it called now?
0: Learning to lose.
3: I love that. Yeah, I see this hat. That's yeah. fucking I love that.
0: Yeah, I just got the learning to lose incorporate. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, corporation. There's
3: nothing like that. There's you know, it's weird. I was listening to Joe Rogan. Today,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I listen to podcasts all day long when I'm doing mindless shit around the house. I, I, I will either talk to people on the phone or I'll listen to podcasts. Joe Rogan, I love Joe Rogan, yeah. but sometimes he goes into areas where I'm just like, what? What are they talking about? Like, I don't know <laughs> right. what yeah. the fuck they're talking about. And I'm like feeling like a fly on the wall in some fucking you know,
0: scientists convention or something. Right. I'm just like, what? You know? Have you listened to any joke? It's not there? always yeah. very have you, have you heard the Duncan Trussell's one? Oh, it's so good. It's, it's like five, five hours. hours long. Yo, but they start going into some like, really cool. I'm, I loved it. I love it. I love, yeah. I think he's, but yeah, no, I hear, he's brilliant. I hear what you're saying. But
3: what he was saying today in this podcast is he was saying, he was talking to this chick who's like another comedian. She's really cool. I, I just like the the dialogue between these two. Sometimes they'd lose me. They'd be talking about shit I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Using words like uh, virtue signaling. I don't know what that is.
2: Uh-huh. A lot
3: of shit. I mean, I'm kind of outside of culture. I don't really know what's going on. I uh-huh. live half my life in like third world countries. And I come up here and I'm like, what? What does this mean? What is... Whatever. But i'm did with he,
1: you i don't know what this shit means either
3: well he was talking about how valuable it is to learn how to fucking lose he you know he's a martial arts guy yeah i I'm he's actually been, kind had of had front. his ass kicked a billion Bro, someone, times someone sent me and that. he's like that's really or, and then
0: you sent me another one did, did people... he say learning to lose I don't
4: Basically
3: think, he, I said, how it to, he yeah. said how important it is in a different way. He yeah, said how important it is to build character yeah. to to get your ass kicked. Right. A lot of people have been talking about it. And it right. really well, I mean that's the first step in fucking the twelve step, you know, philosophy. Yeah. It's yeah. like the first step is admission of complete defeat. You know, everything starts from there I know it's so crazy right I mean that's the gateway it's like counterintuitive right enlightenment is like rock bottom eat shit and die a thousand deaths and suddenly you know the doors to you know to to enlightenment
4: Open up. And sometimes the ego can be a big villain in that scenario. Like, well, the like, ref- is... like, the ego kind of makes it harder to see that you're at a low place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or kind of, you, you're not even aware of like how low you could be sometimes because your ego is like, of no, I'm good. Not. The ego it's has
3: devices for survival because, like any entity in God's creation, its primary purpose is to survive. Right. Is to thrive and survive at whatever it does. Good, evil, whatever in between. But any creature. Any any being, any, any being has one primary purpose, and that is to survive and perpetuate. Yeah. And the ego, when it's not working to your best interest, is a parasitic entity yeah. that must survive at all costs. So it'll put you in a state of unconsciousness and denial. Yeah. And you don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you're doing it anyway. You're like fucking, what do they say, you know, like remote-controlled
1: yeah, like, yeah. like we saw an example of the kid that popped in our meeting today. He's like purely run on ego. I think he doesn't even realize it though. Yeah, that's what, what I was saying. saying that's like sometimes why in prime you run away.
3: Well, you don't folk, realize it. That's that's the especially thing. Especially when you're in it. Like when you're when you're insane, it's because you're unconscious. As soon as you become aware of the insanity and you say, "Fuck, I'm insane," automatically you're not insane anymore. It's like. That's the trick. That's the beautiful Oh, to just thing say about, you're
0: insane. To
3: say, <laughs> I must be insane. I'm yes. sticking fucking needles in my neck and, you know, fucking jerking off to, you know, horrible porn or whatever, you know, I'm doing. And one day you have that, that aha moment. You go, I'm insane. This is insane. Suddenly you're not, in that moment, you are no longer insane.
1: Well, that's but, why in primetime they focus on what you're up against a, a lot in the beginning. So you're, it reminds you, oh, that's right. I'm, in, you know, I'm mentally ill or however you want to say it. Yeah. Right. So pretty,
4: what about, what about um, like, uh, what was I going to say?
1: Oh, yeah, like
4: uh, self-knowledge availed us nothing. Like how does that play into this? Because like kind so of, sure. it kind of seems like like contradictory a little bit.
3: I'm not so sure. I, I I subscribe to that, even though that is one thing that's written. It Just it, it can be so easily taken out of context. Well, I think what the, yeah. they're saying. I think what they mean to say. Sorry, but I, what they mean to say, I think, is that self knowledge alone, by the unaided will, avails us nothing. But self knowledge, if it comes to you through contact with a higher force with a higher power with god whatever you want to call it if that self-knowledge comes from fearless and searching moral inventory and then is given to god all credit for thank you god for enlightening me to these character defects and stuff then yeah well yeah
1: basically they're just saying without the power the knowledge isn't going to help you the knowledge alone, alone that's, without
0: yeah. without the higher power. Yes. Yeah,
4: that's great because that line used to bother me. because I, I love self knowledge,
0: like learning about myself. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, super yeah. But important. we we have to have the willingness to um, try to apply it, and like I can know that I'm.
1: We talked about it tonight at the meeting. Yeah. Applying
0: it, you know, actually. Yeah, it. I think knowledge. Yeah, actually, yo, I'm gonna. Uh-oh. I'm gonna go on a quick little. Tangent, real quick, just just hang hang in there with me, okay? Because okay. this this all came from Dane, right? From what my friend Dane Rippy, who died of cancer five five years ago, he wrote the song called "Learning to Lose," and he was wow. I, I was in a punk band with him called Therapist cool. Therapist, the Rapist. We rape your ears. And they're uh, pissed. We're we're pissed.
3: So what was this dude that came in and freaked out? Well, on hold on. Tonight?
0: We can get to that in a second. Wanna but first, is. I want to I want to <laughs> play. <laughs> I want to play a song called "Knowledge" that Dane wrote. Okay, I've heard this. I'm gonna go pee while you're doing that. Um, and I, I I feel like I I'm gonna li- we can we can listen to the song. Um. But I wanna. I wanna. Um, I just posted this on my uh, Instagram.
3: I don't know what that is, but it oh, was yeah, like it's my phone. Sit next to me, make a weird. Noise <laughs> uh,
0: um, so, <laughs> if you want to listen to Dane's music, you can go to Dane Rippy on SoundCloud. I've uploaded all the music that he sent me when he was writing it with cancer, and we were in a band called Therapist, and that's also a uh, a SoundCloud that exists. So this is the song, and we'll play it, and then I'll tell you the lyrics afterwards. Excuse the sound, it's not. We recorded this in my room doing all kinds of drugs. I spit at the saying, knowledge is power. All you need is the wrong person to turn the world sour. So you may make a great living and you have a golden degree, but when it comes to common sense, the two lay in like me to make the world more livable for other people, not just me. While the genius minds of the world battle over penis envy.
2: <laughs> so I spit
0: at the saying, knowledge is power. All you need is the wrong person to turn the world sour. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Power is corrupted. Power isn't happiness. Power is abuse and plague. The genius minds of the world turn their matters into games. Knowledge is not power. Because knowledge, you know, knowledge is power. And it's like, well, you can be really smart and you can... But if you have humility and love with knowledge... Then you can do some good stuff.
4: Knowledge can also be bad, too. Like, if you look at the statistics of the internet rising and people, like, leaving religion, it's, like, completely, like, they're wow. the same line.
0: Okay, but maybe they're finding spirituality. Right. Because I think religion is kind of a flawed human creation, whereas the stuff we're doing isn't religious. It's, pre- it's spiritual principles, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot that can be taken from those things, you know? But, yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you, though, real quick, um, are you following what's happening with, with me and Ridge and, or my YouTube? A, l- a little stuff? bit,
4: yeah. I see your I TikTok and YouTube and Instagram. Yeah, wow. what, do you, what do you think it's about dope. what's going on? I think the reality show is a good idea.
0: We've been but, wanting to do it for a long time. But, so. bro, like, we got 20K now on YouTube. Did, oh,
4: whoa. Did you know that? No, I didn't. 20K. I remember when it was 7K. Well, we were 7K. like
0: trying to get to 10. I think <laughs> yeah. I was going to throw a party when we got to 10,000. <laughs> And then this TikTok thing happened, which is crazy because this TikTok, it's a new platform that's giving anyone a voice because the algorithm is so amazing. Yeah,
4: that's the craziest part. That's why it's dope is because like everyone looks at their FYP, not their following, which is the for you page. So it shows
0: you other people's shit. You got hyped on it when you posted that video with that one guy and it got a bunch of views and you didn't have a bunch of followers. But that video got a bunch of views because the algorithm lets you – puts you in front of 500 new people every time you post something. Yeah. And they decide... Oh, is that true? Is that yeah. Everyone gets on a For You page. Whoa. Every single person goes on 500 people's For You pages. That's amazing. And that's how they decide whether to push it to more people. So if you make a really good post that reacts with that first 500 people, no matter how many followers you have, it has the potential to reach millions. That's amazing. Whereas that's not how it is with Instagram. That's not yeah. how it is. So that's how I was able to grow my thing because people were seeing me and my wife like fighting, like a real fight, right? And they're like, "Whoa, this feels like real." I don't know how they, I don't know if I like this or I don't like it, but I definitely identify with what is happening because I've had it happen in my marriage, you know. And then the next post is us like talking about where we were wrong and how we got through that. And the next one is like you know whatever me just talking about how I'm alcoholic and I'm sober 15 years and I still have to watch my mind. And then I got into this so sober category and and it's like
4: you know I think about like you've been posting kind of the same thing like before TikTok you're posting that on
0: Instagram yeah it was not the same reaction at all yeah. you know? so, so so I almost feel like I could you know. Using Joe Rogan as an example, like bringing people on, like Joe Rogan likes to bring people on his podcast that have knowledge and experience about things he's interested in, yeah. you know, like um, health or science or um, hunting, hunting, you know, bow hunting. So oh, like just- Jonathan Shaw is an art, has been an artist for a long time. And I think I'm, I'm just interested in sort of like, maybe I guess if you will, like maybe the cliff notes of, like, your career.
1: Well, let let me go. Yeah, that's, no, you can That's go. what I care. I don't care about all this other shit. But I want to hear about right. the art and philosophy and, like, tapping in. And So can I just start by asking you about your heritage, the gypsy thing? Because I find that so interesting.
3: Um, okay, it's- my father was a very, very famous musician back in the 30s or the 40s. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah. uh, yeah, my father yeah. was a guy named Artie Shaw.
2: Yo! That sounds and
3: familiar. Right? He was, a huge name. Yeah, he was, he was big. He was, he was like the Mick Jagger of his generation back in the thirties. Wow. So he was huge. He was, he was that famous. He was like a superstar. And he married my mother. My mother was a, uh, Italian actress who was, you know, very famous in Italy uh, right after World War II, before I was born. And, uh, you know, these two had this big Hollywood romance and uh, it was like a big deal. And this was like Hollywood royalty back before I was born. So you it was know?
1: all public and like. Oh,
3: super public, you know, super big deal. My father was married before my mother. She was like wife number seven or something. He was married to Lana Turner. He was married to Ava Gardner. He was married to, you know, like hot
0: Batutis. Hold on a second. (laughs) Your dad was married to Ava Gardner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And was that. And then you were born after? I was born to my mother in
3: 1953. My mother was wife number seven. My father had been. (laughs) Like these his guys, man. My father's, <laughs> like, you know, extramarital relationships were, like, Judy Garland, Billy Holiday, Jeez. you know, all these, you know, like, major chicks, you know? Wow. He was, you know... It's he like was a Marlon Brando a, Yeah, he was a badass. Well, Marlon Brando was, you know, family friend when I was growing up, you know? So wow. my father and mother divorced really violently when I was a little baby, you know? My mother... Uh, Fired a gun at my father, and she was a terrible shot, uh, so he didn't get killed. But that was him? did
1: it hit him? Did he get one? No,
3: he jumped behind a sofa. It's, it, it, this is all in my books, you know. Wow. But yeah, so it was like, uh, you know, I grew up with you know my mother, who was an insane alcoholic, God rest her soul, and my father was never present in my life until mm. you know I got sober. You know, when I was in my late forties. And uh, then I, I went on this quest to sort of discover where I came from and what this insane heritage, you know, was, and this demon seed of alcoholism that ran through my lineage. It's a long... Both sides? Well, my father was, you know, a co-alcoholic. He, he was attracted to alcoholic women. Mm. They were all either alcoholic or neurotic in some other really dysfunctional way. So my father had his own really gnarly demons. Mm-hmm. He never really was a drinker, but he was attracted to that darkness. Mm. And my mother, you know, God rest her soul, she, she was just totally insane. And I grew up in that insanity. And went on to become, you know, a uh, young, aspiring, uh, you know, alcoholic drug addict, whatever, you know,
1: from a very early age. Did you have any brothers or sisters? I had a half a brother by my father with another wife. Oh, but you didn't Uh, grow up with him? No,
3: I only met him once. He came over to the house when I was like 15, and he was maybe 20 or something, and he went in the bathroom and shot up heroin. Mm. And I was like, hey, that looks pretty good, you know, and then I never saw him again. Uh, So anyway... Yeah, you know, but the gypsy thing because you asked about gypsy. So my well, mother Well, this is
1: very interesting. So any information you want to give me. I'm I, Well, I mean, it's the thing is, it's really hard
3: for me to talk about this stuff in any really coherent fashion because I spent decades of my life, you know, coming to terms with my heritage and I'm still working on that because I think that's a lifetime. What do you mean coming to terms?
1: I'm not What is that?
3: Well, coming to terms is coming to know things about you know, my ancestors. I've done a lot of ancestral work, you know, in in my studies, Mm -hmm. you know, in my spiritual growth or exploration or whatever you want to call it. You know, I've had to really go deep into the, you know, into the past, not just my past, but the past of, you know, my heritage. And my mother was the daughter of an insane, crazy, murderous, alcoholic gypsy from uh, Eastern Europe. And I found out that, you know, I have gypsy heritage in that, you know, my people, ancestor-wise, were, were uh, roms, which is, you know, Romani, gypsies.
4: And so that's kind this of interesting. might exotic. be a dumb question but like what exactly is a gypsy? Like I've heard of it
3: Well, but... that's a long study. And, you know, everybody's got their <laughs> little iPhone nowadays so you can just google, you know, gypsy culture and, you
1: know, find and out. And the what little that. bit I know is they like a they're a separate culture and they don't establish anywhere. They travel. No, they're, they're tra- like tra- we're travelers. Part, yeah.
3: the, my people are travelers <clears throat> by nature and I've been a traveler all my life. It's right. interesting cuz neither my father nor my mother were really much for travelers but i'm it's like I kind of reclaimed my ancestral heritage from a really early age, you know from the age of fourteen, I left home and i've been on the road pretty much lived all over the world i've lived in like thirty seven countries I speak like you know four languages pretty fluently and uh, and that just happened you know i I've rolled all over the world in my in my life and i've actually lived you know, with authentic gypsies in Brazil and was kind of adapted, adopted by gypsies in Brazil. And I was, I would always tell them, yeah, I'm really ashamed because, you know, I, to be around you guys, because you guys are like really, real Romani gypsies and you, you hold the culture and you speak, you know, Romanaise and you speak the language. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was disconnected from my gypsy heritage, so I never learned the language. I don't, know really the customs of my people and you guys you know I'm kind of I feel a little ashamed to you know be part of you guys and this one old gypsy this old Rom, he looked at me and he said cigano that's what they call me he said cigano you are more of a gypsy than half of the gypsies I know just Mm. in your essence of who you are and I was like Okay, I'll take that. Thank you, you know. Yes. And, and he sort of embraced me into that that uh, culture, which I really knew nothing about, but it was in my blood, man. Mm. And I discovered that through just living the life that I've lived, you know. And it's like, what a blessing to actually come to terms don't, with something that you're so, like, unconscious about. Like, I don't do want to
1: offend you or anything, but aren't gypsies known as thieves or something, like?
3: Yeah, there's a lot of that, you know. Gypsies, uh, you know, they've had a hard history. They've been outcasts in every country that they inhabit. There's gypsies all over the world. There's like half a million gypsies in Brazil. Still. There's hundreds of thousands of them in Mexico. They're here in the United States. Where did they originate from? They started supposedly in India and Pakistan. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, but... Like I say, you know, I don't know the whole history of it. I just know what was in my family and in my blood, and in my heritage. And uh, you know, there, there's uh, so yeah. I, I, I'm not really somebody that could talk much about authentic Gypsy culture because it was I'm removed from it. You know, it's yeah. it's just a her- heritage thing.
1: I remember I interviewed this lady who was like hundred years old. Uh, She's sort of family in a way. And uh, when she was young in L.A., L.A. was just a little town. Yeah. Th- there was none of this. Yeah. It was just like there's the L.A. river and a little town. And this was all farmland. She said there was even little forest and stuff there. And the gypsy, her dad used to tell her if she didn't behave, she was going to drop them off with the gypsies. There was actual gypsies living in L.A. in like the forest. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I thought yeah. Yeah. They would
3: travel. I, I would see them in Brazil. Like, you know, I travel across Brazil on a motorcycle a lot over the years, and I would see gypsies on horseback with caravans, you know, the men and their horseback, you know, with, like, dressed kind of like, you know, matadors and, you know, with their hats and like, really noble, exotic-looking people. Hmm. Those were the authentic gypsies that I used to see as, like, a teenager in Brazil, Mm -hmm. you know, like real... Like traditional Roma gypsies, you know. How do you pronounce that? Roma. Roma. Roma.
1: Roma, I don't know why I think Italian when I hear that word. It's a Romanian word?
3: Uh, (laughs) It's, uh, you know, it's Romadese or Rom. A gypsy is called in their culture Rom, R-O-M, or Roma uh, for, you know, gypsies. And the language is Romadese. And it's uh, you Is know
1: this still uh, they still speak. They I all mean, speak Romani. even now to the present day. Yeah. It's if still- you
3: if you got gypsies in America and gypsies in Eastern Europe and gypsies in the south of Spain, they all speak a common
1: language. It's kind of cool because like in the movies and stuff, it's like this mysterious gypsy thing, but. I didn't know it was real, you know, like it's a real culture. It's a real culture. But it's always played out in the like movies. All of these
3: psychic places that you see with the neon light where it says, you know, yeah, psychic, yeah. those are all gypsies.
1: Oh, really, What's the philosophy
4: behind like moving all the time and like their uh, whole lifestyle? Like what's the reasons? Or like, is like religious or?
3: It's no, it's more of like, it's a culture. It's a culture. The gypsies, you know, have no destination. They have no mm. home and that's their home.
0: Wow. And that's kind of been my life. Really? So you don't... Do you move around or... I've
3: moved around all my life.
0: But you I, have like a home?
3: I have homes in all different countries. In, I, in I have cruise. homes and families everywhere. I could, go to, I could go, go to Brazil tomorrow and be just as connected with people, places, and things wow. as I am here. You know, And I could go to Mexico and the same thing. I just fit right in. Well, where I'm, in Mexico... Well, I, I live in a place called Veracruz, which is not on the tourist map at all. You know, you could know, walk around Veracruz. Is it
1: southern, northern? It's the south of
3: Mexico on the Gulf Coast, you know. And where I live, you know, it's Mexican. There's no tourists. There's no yeah. foreigners. You never see a foreigner there.
1: Yeah, I went I went to Mexico with uh with somebody who had family there and I stayed with their family for a few weeks and we were out in the little towns and stuff. Yeah. It was I had no idea. It was super cool. It's very cool. Yeah. It's traditional. You know, the
3: places where gringos go, you know, that's not even Mexico, you know. Mexico. So so,
0: how old were you when you were like, I'm going to write? Or or was there something that happened before that that was artistic that I you did? I started
3: were writing when I was really, really young, when I mm. was like 12, 13, 14. Just thinking in you know? a notebook? Yeah, or? just writing weird, random stories and shit, you know. Huh. <laughs> I was lucky to have been sort of weirdly mentored by a guy named Charles Bukowski when I was like 17 years no old. No way. Uh, yeah, I met Bukowski when I was like 17 and I, you know, you know, I was a junkie. I was a teenage junkie, alcoholic living in some cockroach, you know, slum in, in East Hollywood and I was I got my first piece published in like an offshoot of the LA Free Press. Which was kind of like you know the hippest thing back then in the wow. '60s. It was like the free press was like where it was it was the voice of the underground. Well, that's and, amazing.
0: It right, so and you got to go get some beaties. You were a I teenager started, and you were
1: already on this path. That's crazy. Yeah. What's amazing because I, I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew my path when I,
3: I. Well, I didn't know my path. I was just doing what I did. You just do what you do. My heroes back then were, you know, were like Henry Miller, Louis Ferdinand Céline. Charles Bukowski became one of my heroes. Bukowski became one of my heroes just from reading the free press. And then one day I published, my first piece of published writing was in the free press. And then, like, I was like, wow, I've been published in the same... Fucking birdcage liner as as Charles Bukowski, who you know I used to read his column every week, and I'd be like, "This guy's great." So I went and found out where he lived, and I went to his house with my little notebook and <laughs> stuff, and a, and you know, like a bottle of whiskey and a six pack of beers mm-hmm. And yeah, I went there and knocked on the window, and he you know Bukowski let me in. Used to
0: smoke these like fucking.
3: And we we hung out, you know. And I remember. So he
1: he welcomed you, huh? Well. In sort a of.
3: roundabout way, we got drunk <laughs> together, and uh, and then he punched me out.
0: Mm. Fucking a, bro. Yeah,
3: because I I mowed off to him. You know, I was a fucked up,
0: you know, wow. punk ass little bitch. Like, you know, Bukowski <laughs> will, will let you in. Bukowski, from what I've, I I actually was kind of obsessed with Bukowski. I've become obsessed with him and watched like all his YouTube videos. Like he has. If you want to know about Bukowski, you can search him on YouTube and you can watch him. Oh, he's amazing! Readings oh, he in front super, of people, hour. You can know it's all there. I, I. It's actually the only thing I've ever downloaded from YouTube to watch was a documentary on yeah. Bukowski. Yeah. And he smokes these BDs all the time. So I fucking bought a bunch of BDs because I just wanted to like smoke them like Charles Bukowski. And wow. I sold them to
1: Jonathan. Uh, oh, he's, on, he's addicted to those. I sold him a
0: bunch of them. Um, wow. Yeah, You get them from India. Or I know. I've, I've been to India. I've smoked BDs. I'm like, <laughs> he is. I'm obsessed with him because he's unapologetically honest and controversial and dark and on, honest. And poetic, like, man. He poetic had the soul of a
4: fucking... He did uh, Meditations in an Emergency, right? Was that him? No. Not that I know of. And
0: I, and I could tell that you were influenced by him and and I could tell that... Well, I don't write like him. But you seem like to embody a similar... Spirit, you know. We have. I mean, he was a big part of my
3: lineage and my life in this world because, as a young writer, I used to hang out with him, you know, and I read everything he ever wrote, and then I stopped writing. You know, I just got so deep into draw. I remember, you know, he told me the most important thing ever that was ever told to me as an artist. You know, he said because I showed him all this writing. And, you know, I had other really respectable writers read my early attempts and say, oh, yeah, you got great potential. You'll be a great writer someday. Bukowski didn't give me that. Yeah. He told me, eh, you know, yeah, you know, but you're just a fucking fucked up little punk-ass kid <laughs> living in Hollywood. You know, what the fuck are you going to write about? Right. You'll never write about anything until you have lived. And you ain't living, kid. Wow. And that's when I was like, fuck you, you old fart. <laughs> and he punched me out. And then we became great friends. <laughs> and uh, then he went and,
0: like, lived.
3: And then, you know, I kicked dope when I was, like, 18 years old. I kicked dope. I scraped together a couple hundred bucks. I packed an overnight, you know, little satchel. And I stuck my thumb out on the fucking highway and I wound up in Mexico a couple days later. Living. And I hoboed around Mexico for several years. And then I caught work on a ship in the port of Veracruz and wound up <laughs> in South America and immigrated to Brazil and stayed there until I was in my you know, mid-30s. So, you know. Uh, in Brazil.
0: In Brazil. In that town where it was like dark and violent. And- I lived in a lot of places, man. I lived on the road.
3: And uh, he he wrote on the road. No, that's fucking Kerouac.
0: Kerouac, who was another big inspiration to me when I was a kid. Yeah, I didn't understand. I don't understand him yet, really. Yeah. I I mean I don't know. I like Bukowski because I I'm like wow like I well, Bukowski yeah. hits me. Can you know? I
1: ask yeah, I, you a little like were you a f- Like, you're just a young guy going to some country. You didn't speak the language yet, I'm assuming. And, and like, what was going on in your head? Like, uh, what were you thinking? What
3: was going on in my head? See, it's real... What was going on in my head was, like, I don't know. I don't know, and I didn't know then. I just knew... Well, yeah, I did know, because I wrote about it. And it's in my books. And what I wrote... Was okay, I've done everything I possibly can to exterminate myself. And, you know, it has not been possible. So I'm going to go out into the world naked and just surrender myself to the fucking holy road. And that's what I did, you know? And it was like... I was like, it was the beginning of a life of insane adventures, you know, that took me deeper into alcoholism and drug addiction. But at the same time, it took me into, you know, what would eventually, in retrospect, become an understanding of like destiny or something, some kind of acquaintanceship with the concept of there being a destiny that is way bigger. And way wiser and way more powerful than anything I could possibly, you know, achieve or imagine or contrive to, you know, make happen or manifest in any way, shape or form that it just acquainted me with, you know, the miracle magicness of existence, but in a way where I was living totally unconsciously and yet... I was being on this, you know, shuttled through, you know, this insane universe on this magic carpet ride through all kinds of people, places, and events, and adventures, and just stuff,
1: man. Do you you believe in destiny?
3: I do now. I mean, of course, how not? Because the thing that Bukowski told me was he said, you're never going to be a writer until you've experienced life. Something to those words. Maybe it wasn't quite so polite as that, what he said. But he mm-hmm. was like, you know, you ain't going to be shit until you, you know, have a, live a life.
4: Yeah, I think it was like Aaron Sorkin who said, like, if you're under 25, you can only write about yourself and your life. But when you're over 25, something happens where, like, you can start writing about, you become empathetic towards, like, other people's experiences. That's
3: quite possible. Right. I mean, for me, it was like I had to go out and live, live a very extreme life. I didn't start really writing with authenticity until I got sober 20 years ago. And I started suddenly... It was like I was in such excruciating existential pain in my first year of sobriety. I hit a wall, and I was like, fuck, you know, I don't have drugs, I don't have sex, I don't have adventure, I don't have danger, I don't have, you know, high-risk, you know, adventure... What the fuck? Here I am, you know, sober, 48 years old, jerking off in New York City, famous, lots of money, mm-hmm. and I want to kill myself because I don't know what my fucking higher purpose is. And I'm totally at odds with this whole existence. Mm. And that was when, when I hit that incredible bottom where it was like, you know, close to suicide sober like a year just came back from working with the Yakuza in Japan and you know, all this other stuff and i was like fuck you know and suddenly it hit me that i suddenly I, I just started vomiting words onto paper like almost automatic writing and i wrote like pages of books full of just straight up gibberish mm. and i didn't know what the fuck was happening to me i was just sit at a table and just be like, just writing like weird stream of consciousness, gibberish, like spirit demons and shit just vomiting onto this page through me until something just cleared out and suddenly I just started writing, writing, writing. Writing, 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 and these things eventually developed into these books. And then I started living all these weird experiences. And then it took me back in time. And then I went and resurrected all these like journals that I'd written with it. You know, when I was a teenage junkie, and I found these journals that I had them. They'd been stashed in my mother's garage for thirty years or something. Mm -hmm. And I found these things and I dug them out, and they were all mildewy and weird, and the pages were all stained with blood. And like fucking carbon stains (laughs) from the fucking heroin spoon and stuff. Jesus. And I started going through these pages and going like, holy shit, this is the life that, you know, I almost extinguished. That brought me to the next place, to the next place, to the next place. Where I lived all these different incarnations in this one life without actually having to physically die in this body. So weird. And I resurrected all these pages and I started editing this stuff, like I was like working as an editor to edit the pages of poetry from some dead guy, but the
0: dead guy was me. Can, can, uh, can I? I just want to read something real quick. Really weird, Jonathan Shaw. <laughs> I, this is like crazy, bro. Jonathan Shaw is the great nightmare anti-hero of the new age. Iggy Pop said that about you. Whoa. Hold on a second. Just uh, hold on a second, okay. Anti-hero, like this is an anti-hero. Yeah, taxi driver. Right? This is an anti-hero. I'm obsessed. Clint Eastwood. I'm obsessed with comforting the upset and upsetting the comfortable. I'm obsessed with that. That's my I ha- motto. I know. I'm reading your website. But that website just I just want to give people. I didn't even is, make that website. That thing, I haven't looked at it for right, well, over I'm 15 looking at years. It. I'm looking at it because I just want to kind of as we're immersing ourselves into your story, I just want to kind of shed a little bit of like light from up here on it. Jonathan Shaw's deviance is only exceeded by his clever ability to weave his own sickness into true cl- classic of American literature. Marilyn Manson. Whoa. Shaw's work ranks with the best. Johnny Depp. No way. I mean, look, so here's the thing. Like... Bukowski, not
3: the, yeah, not I got the, a blurb. I'm the only living writer that has been honored to have actual, true blurb on my books from Charles Bukowski. Yeah, I saw that when, when, when
0: you handed me that card. At he time said time I'm time. a
3: hunk of shit. He, what did he say? He said Jonathan Shaw's a hunk of shit, cunt licking mama's boy, or some some
1: terrible <laughs> thing. Is that his way of showing affection? Yeah,
3: okay. that's
2: Bukowski, man.
1: Right.
3: He's a true punk rock.
1: All right, man. can I ask you a question? Because I know you from the meetings. Yeah, you know, me I, had, from I didn't me? know you were. F- I, sorry, I didn't know you were famous or anything. Well, so it's
3: not I, like I go around, you know, with. A, well, yeah, but I'm just. Hey, I'm, I'm famous.
1: I, I'm just learning this, and you just said it. So how were you famous at that time? Was it for at the what, what time? You you were going through your history till you got sober. Oh, and then you said you were famous well, and you had yeah. money. Yeah,
3: okay, that's a whole other thing, and that's really the only thing I'm, you know, legitimately famous for. I still have not been, even with all that praise and all that you know critical acclaim and all that shit that I've had as a writer, I've never been recognized as a writer. But not, it's kind of
0: cool though. I've I mean, never made a dime off. Honestly, my I, let me just say like. For for some weird reason, to me, that's kind of makes it even you even cooler in a way because it's like super punk rock and like you know it's like this like gem that you find that's hidden and I don't know I, but, I'm I'm excited to read to listen to to whatever you do because well, I, I can't became really read. Tr- I became legitimately famous.
3: As a fucking tattoo artist. Yeah. I was like really one of the like. most when, when famous you tattoo artists. People,
0: Jonathan Shaw, it's like Johnny Depp's tattoo artist. That's what it... Oh, wow. Well, that's well. kind of what... Well, that's kind of like what... The the, the low-hanging fruit of yeah. like what you're famous for and there's photos of him right. with Johnny Depp. And you never outlive that. And he kind of... I think Johnny Depp, like... Got a lot of his Pirates of the Caribbean characteristics the from thing, him, dude. No, no, thing. like that's no. the thing. Like, <laughs> and like, I just posted a photo of you on my Instagram from from, from your like. Look at this, bro. Like, like
2: oh I, shit! You're
1: <laughs> so, okay, so with the gold teeth
2: and shit. It's
1: so so cool. you, um, you before. So, be- so when I was living on the road
3: between Mexico and Brazil, and I was working on ships. And I, you know, was hoboing through Mexico. This was in the early 1970s where tattooing was not popular. Tattooing right. was not cool. It was bad. It was not polite. Right. If you had a tattoo, you were some kind of a scumbag or Hell's a criminal or, or a fucking, you know, foreign legion, you know, guy who'd been kicked out of his country. It was Russian not, prisoner. Yeah. Or, it was not polite to have a tattoo in polite social circles there was none of that <laughs> when i started tattooing you know, i started tattooing by hand in sleazy port towns in latin america then i you know moved to brazil and when i was in my early 20s i met some other you know scumbag and you know we started building homemade tattoo machines together and practicing on each other and pretty soon we put our hands on a rock and said we're tattoo artists and you know started tattooing people in the neighborhood because we were living in you know like some slums where people got
1: tattoos so were you a drawer or you just went right yeah i tat- always
3: drew when i was a kid too i drew and i wrote okay i was never much good at either but you? <laughs> know. Would,
0: you would you give me a tattoo uh yeah i yeah. do tattoo let's do it still <laughs> I have a gun in my garage. Maybe we could set up a day, and you could tattoo a couple people, and we, we could, could do that. get you obviously yeah. get you paid, whatever your yeah. rate is or whatever. I think we that'd be really that. fucking Shit. radical. I'd be down. Yeah. Just a way to kind of like be cool. yeah. Make a little video about it, and you know, yeah, because well, I would love for like my audience to like un- to get to know you. They'll listen to the podcast. We can make a video. Of you tattooing us, and cool. We, we we tattoo a lot here in my house. I wow, have, yeah, I have a cool gun in the garage. Great. And, I'm the one who brought that up. Cool. What do you mean? I really wanted him to tattoo me. Who, Jonathan? She wanted you to tattoo me. Okay. You know, well, we so could
3: we definitely... Uh, we'll set that up one set day. Set that up, you know. Uh, so, you know, I started tattooing in a, in a very traditional way that, you know, doesn't exist anymore. You know today. Mark Mahoney? Yeah, we, we kind of... This I is came, a Mark Mahoney. When I came to the friend. States, when I came to the States... Now, after many years of just poking around in Brazil and you know finding my way, I moved to the states and I got my first legitimate job in a real legitimate tattoo shop on the pike in long Beach
1: mm-hmm. the old pike, which what, was what year of, was this
3: this would have been like maybe early nineteen eighty or something okay, and I worked in a tattoo shop on the pike in Long Beach, which was kind of like doesn 't exist anymore. it was kind of like the West Coast Coney Island. It was right. you know, carnival rides and, you know, bikers and s- drunken sailors and, you know, hookers and, and tattoo shops. And I wound up in yeah. one of these sleazy old tattoo shops where my first legitimate American so job <laughs> is a tattoo shop. Like- and me and Mark Mahoney... Worked at the same so, shop. So, so Mark
0: Mahoney is the. So. The, he, just to give people. Yeah, He's
3: like a superstar. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, so Dr. Wu came up in Mark Mahoney's shop, who's a friend of mine who grew up in this town. He's probably the most famous tattoo artist alive right now. He's this Asian kid who tattoos Bieber, and he did like these skulls here, and he grew up in Agora. Wow. But he apprenticed at Mark Mahoney's shop, and one day I got that Mark Mahoney gave me this math skull, which is a, a group I was in called Math, and cool. um, Mark Mahoney is in Black Sales with starring John, you know the movie they did about Johnny Depp. Oh, Black yeah, Mass. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh. so, so
0: Mark Mahoney is the guy in that. He's one of uh, Johnny Depp's like yeah he friends, plays a cop who, or something. No, he plays one of the like. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but when you see Mark Mahoney and you hear him talk in this movie, I feel like he's the only one who really seems like he is what he's Legit. pretending he's to, to be. Because well, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. from yeah. Boston. Yeah, like, it's, like, I want to, like... Because Wickham is a younger kid, and a lot of my listeners are younger. They don't really know who Charles Bukowski is or, or Mark Mahoney or... So, uh, but but you can, you know... dot You can connect the dots through, you know, Dr. Wu and then Black Mass and yeah, Johnny yeah, Depp, and, yeah. and, and it connects down to, like... You know where, where how, how how Charles Mckowski was your mentor. Like in a lot of ways, you were Depp's mentor, and it's there's just a cool. lot of
3: there, there's a lot of weird, you know, interconnection, and it, it goes very. Are you do you still have a relationship with with John with Johnny with Johnny Depp? Yeah, he's like a little brother to me. You know? Yeah, he's like my little brother, but. Uh, You know, he's on one path and I'm on another. I don't want to talk shit about him. You know, he's just on a different path. What about um, a Hunter S. He drinks a lot,
2: you know. Yeah, what about Hunter S. He does a lot of
3: drugs, and I don't. So, you know, that kind of puts us in a different vibrational stage. I love him. He's a beautiful human being. He's an incredible talent, amazing mind. I love him. He's like my brother. Right. But, you know, we don't always connect because we're on very different frequencies right now.
1: Yeah. I remember you were saying that ring you had or something that was on your finger forever. This ring? Yeah, the yeah. Ring. yeah. The skull ring. Yeah,
3: I gave that to him. He wears it all the time. There was, <laughs> there was a bunch of us that
1: wore this ring.
0: Did, did you guys ever... How long have you
3: had
1: that ring on?
3: I've had this ring on for, since, I'd say, about 1989. So 1990, what's that? That's 30 years?
1: Yeah, I remember before you lost weight and got all healthy and stuff. It would look like it was like pinching your your circulation. Probably,
3: outfit. I must have lost uh, you know, I must have lost seventy five pounds. It's life. amazing. So, so, you look so you look really good. Sand, Thank
2: just God.
0: no, like you, but it's not just that he looks better. There's a certain kind of energy that yeah. is different from you. Like when Thank you used God. to come to prime time he had long hair he wore these like cool glasses and he would get up and share cargo pants like he came running on his motorcycle he would come and share and it was just like dark and like <laughs> i fucked with it because i was like you know angry punk rocker also but like coming here today it was like oh my god it was it's almost as if something happened in the past i don't know five years to you yeah, it's a lot changed is, you a lot has happened
3: well for i guess for the last like last seven years or eight years there's just a
0: different almost a like humility uh well, emanating from you that i feel like wasn't there before yeah probably so i've been drinking ayahuasca on a very regular
3: basis for the last seven yeah
0: years. and you know <laughs> Our, my friend dd if there's really anything
3: that, that will bring you true humility mm-hmm. Ego there's, death, right? Ego. But I think you should whooping.
1: back that up with you do it for a purpose. You don't. Oh, I just, do
3: it in religious ceremony, right? Or whatever right. you want to call it. You know, spiritual. You know, discipline. Whatever you want to call it. Right. I do it's it not like a, an
1: entertainment. Oh thing hell no! Or something. There's right.
3: nothing entertaining about. It. I mean, there's nothing recreational right. about getting your fucking shit whipped, whipped, like manhandled into shape. Mm-hmm. Through, you know, a conscious contact with spirit guides that will beat your fucking ass if you step you know one inch off the tightrope, you're going down.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, oh you mean Paul the people with you. The people this. with you. What? You mean the people with you? No, I mean the fucking spiritual oh, you mean, oh, connections. Okay. The the
3: spirit guides, the guides of you know, well, disincarnate so
1: spirits. They keep you in line? they 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 teach you stuff.
3: I have conversations with you know sometimes they're very patient, very loving, and very kind and very you know very what's the word supportive, but they don't suffer any foolishness or you know lack of uh, good intent so gee, like i i they just, just
1: cut they cut all the bullshit out right
3: you you get you get very clear direction, and the longer you choose not to follow it, the more you suffer. It's a very much like it's very much like having, you know, a really hard-ass AA sponsor. Can I except... ask
1: you a weird question? So you go on these spiritual paths with these spirits. What do they think about Jesus and all this religious? Do, you, do they give you, or is it just an inward journey and it doesn't It's relate? an inward journey.
3: I mean, yeah. you know, I think everybody has their own interpretation. Everybody has their own guidance. Everybody has their own guides. Everybody has their own consciousness. Everybody has their own karma. <laughs> mm. Each one is, you know, we're like snowflakes, man. Every human being has their own journey that's individually tailored and tapered to their soul's edification, and evolution. So, you know, this is where... Can I see that book real quick?
0: Yeah. Sorry.
1: Um,
3: yeah. Wow. I just sold the other two to your homeboy.
0: Yeah, DDA. He's big on he's ayahuasca great. and all yeah, kinds of stuff. Yeah,
3: do, He's uh,
1: awesome. Do you do this with other people or alone? Yeah,
3: we do it in ceremony. Okay. I've never been one for doing it alone. I mean, there are people that do that. Does that
1: I, help in a way, having the community? Yeah.
3: It, for me, it was, that's, that's what I know. You know, when I came into this, I came into it into a community, and it's a very disciplined practice. There's no, you know, like hippy dippies rolling around in the mud under a tree. This is like we sit in very disciplined concentration and meditation, and we sing certain certain uh, spiritual. Songs, I guess you could call them. They're hymns. We call them hymns, but you know they're 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 in Portuguese, and we sing these hymns. Thank God, I'm fluent in Portuguese, so it's very easy for me. And I, I have that musical background from my father, so I really get into it. I love singing. They're prayers, is what they are. They're prayers. They're teachings. They're guidance, and we sing these things. And then sometimes we will sit in. Silence for a couple of hours in total silence, just breathing and tripping balls and receiving guidance from, you know, a, a, from a divine sources that come and teach us shit. And uh, I mean, that's the disciplines that I've been following.
1: When you first made this decision to try this, were you a little bit conflicted because of oh, yeah. sobriety and all? No,
3: not at all. Not at all. Because mm-hmm. I knew what my what my intention was. It's mm-hmm. all about one's intention, I believe. For me. I can only say for me.
2: Mm-hmm. But
3: when I was 10 years sober, I was losing my shit. I was like 10 years sober, and I was like, you know, I'm lost, I'm miserable, I'm in an ex- existential crisis. I've, you know studied the 12 steps i've practiced the 12 steps i pray i meditate i have a sponsor i do all this shit i go to meetings you know i try to live a sober
1: life and i'm a fucking loony i think it's good for people to hear this because i had a wallet i had i at about 10 years too i just i found new addictions yeah i was all you know oh
3: yeah i was like sex addict i was like Fucking, you know, scared of everything. Yeah. I was worried about, you know, money. I was broke. I was like, ah, uh, you know, just totally addicted to the material world. Yeah. You know, I I like, feel like God, I, I... what a miserable existence not to have drugs to take the edge <laughs> of existence exactly. off. I was in hell, I feel
0: and like I, I couldn't.
3: Ha- I, I was like a scream um, looking for a mouth, and I'd already written like really. really brilliant books. And I can say that with all humility because, humility because those books came through me. I was nothing but a channel. I don't take credit for anything I've done. Any success I've ever had is far more God's success than my own. I am a servant. I'm honored and privileged and blessed to be able to serve in that capacity. So I could say that I have been the midwife of brilliant works of literature that have that belong to the Holy Spirit, not well, me. Uh,
0: speaking of that, I, I just kind of want to just read something. You know the Leonard Cohen song "Anthem." You know Leonard Cohen. I know Leonard Cohen. Yeah, the, the, this just this this little thing, real quick. I just want to read something from one of sure, his books. Sure, yeah. It reminds me of this Leonard Cohen song that Father John Misty actually just covered. Wow. Um, Yeah Well do you know What Father John Misty is I do not Yeah he's a Newer artist He covered this song (sighs) Ring the bells You know There's a There's a crack It's a great name right Yeah He, He actually was Um Uh T- t- josh tillman uh the drummer of uh, fleet foxes and then he went solo josh tillman and then did a bunch of hallucinogenics and said this is not who i really am i want to be father john misty and tell the, my tell my truth but Whoa. the name father john misty is sort of like a joke it's a it's a grandiose like existential like name like stage name but there's the irony is that that's when he was actually singing his truth Cool. Rather than being Josh Tillman and t- and singing about like what he thought would sell, yeah. But so uh, ring the uh, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Yeah, Th- that's like this Leonard Cohen song. Yeah, there's a crack in everything. Whatever. So this I just stumbled a- across this part in your book where it says, uh, "Into the Stars 108. The wound is the place where the light enters you, Rumi." Is that, what's Rumi? He's a poet.
3: Rumi was a, was a poet from the, like.
0: Way back. Yeah, okay, so it goes, it goes. And then, and then that, so that's he the. He was a
3: religious man. That's
0: the quote that starts this uh, chapter, paragraph, and then it goes, uh, it starts with, Woke up covered in sweat and dried blood. My whole face was hot, throbbing in pain. Everything hurt. Nothing was right. Just like kicking heroin, not knowing if the day was, not knowing if it was day or night. I squinted. At my watch, two hours had passed. I stayed like that, lying in the dark for a long time, thinking, remembering the haunting details of that weird, melancholy dream, afraid to go back to sleep. Then, in then, in that odd, half-waking state, laying in the shadows of my haunted room, out of the darkness, I saw the face of my mother, my beautiful mother, my insane, demented, violent, unstable, unstoppable, suicidal mother. Dude, this is just the beginning of this random chapter I just opened to, because I just thought it would be cool to that's read. That's
3: one of my favorite chapters, because it's the conclusion of the book, and it's where he actually... That's what I do, you know? He actually... <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I mean, that. I haven't read that since I wrote it wow. like 10 years ago or whatever, but I love that. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, I love hearing that, because uh, that was like purely... This is what I was saying. I can't take credit for this stuff. Wow. This stuff is more brilliant than I could ever imagine. Really good. Because I, I was it was literally given to me through you know, a higher consciousness that was downloaded through this apparatus, this fucking rotting carcass, was blessed with this, this I know I know what you mean. Higher I do. you know stuff. And came through me, and what oh an my honor. God, I'm to sorry. Be. I just. You yeah, keep reading. I, 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 gotta, I, gotta,
0: I gotta continue this. So this ended with it, my insane. So first he says that his mother, my beautiful mother, then my insane, demented, violent, uns, unstable, unstable, unstoppable, suicidal mother. Surrendering, surrendering to the vision, I called her hazy image up from the dim, angry, forbid, forbidden black rooms back rooms of my being. Closing my eyes, I could make out her face clearly. She looked just like Narcissa. Narcissa. Narcissa, which is the name of the book. Yes. And I want to kind of talk about that in a second. But <laughs> my mother, Dolores, she's sh- the Spanish word for pain, my mother, Dolores, the Spanish word for pain, was only 20 years old when she murdered herself and left me an orphan. Is that real? Wow. Somewhat.
3: It's, uh, it's somewhat' It's, it's, it's real. In a feeling sense. So, so
0: Narciss- Narcissia... Narcissa. Is, Narcissa is the name of the book. Yeah. And are you sort of relating different things back to that? Of or? course. So yeah. how is that? Can you kind of shed a little light on that? Well, like, you'd
3: have to really read the book. But the bottom line is this guy... Ah, it's it's
0: hard to explain.
3: It's hard. You'd have to read the book. It's It's a journey. This guy goes into a journey of insane sex addiction and codependency. She's a teenage crack whore, living on the streets of Rio de Janeiro. He's an ex-con gypsy, ex, ex-con gypsy, recovered heroin addict, who comes back to his, his, uh, his home of origin in Brazil after being imprisoned in Mexico for many years. For heroin traffic, working with the cartels, and then he you know, gets out of prison in Mexico, gets sober, and moves back to Brazil and falls in love with this teenage
1: crack whore. Mm. And I, I'm following, putting the parallels together now.
3: And his mother was a gypsy, alcoholic whore who killed herself when he was a kid, and he became an orphan gypsy on the streets <coughs> and grew up on the streets of Rio de Janeiro, a little pickpocket. And uh, and so you know through his sobriety and his spiritual quest, it leads him into a relationship with this uh, ghost of his mother, reincarnated as a teenage crack whore, and they have this insanely violent, you know, unbelievably dysfunctional, hilarious and tragic relationship that eventually brings him back into the wounds like the really bleeding festering infected wounds of his childhood that he has to surgically intervene spiritually in his you know in his quest for redemption in his quest for healing in his quest for psychic change for spiritual growth and he has to go into the darkest, demonic closets of his, you know, his his life. And through that relationship, it opens all those bleeding, infected wounds up for him to examine. You know what made him, what makes him, what the source of his existential pain and suffering in this incarnation has been. And it was a passage. It was a passage that he had to live through. And in the end of the book, you know, that relationship ends in this horrible, violent fight where she knifes him and it's this whole thing. (laughs) And that's when he's laying there and suddenly he sees his mother, her face sort of transposed over the face of his insane lover of the last several years, and suddenly realizes that he could be free of those of those wounds t- to the extent that he can that he can acknowledge them. So it's you know it's a very much a, you know a spiritual rebirth, and at the same
1: time, it's cathartic. It's well, a healing process.
3: Yeah, but there's something he says. He says somewhere in there, he says something like, in that last chapter, he says, yeah, because that's where it gets, that's where it really sums up the whole book. Mm. Where he says, some things you never get over. Yeah, Mm. let me see
2: that. Because I could find
3: it. It's so funny because I haven't looked at This in like 10 years. But there's this something that he says in the end here.
0: I was like really curious too. Where he
3: says... Oh my God! Yeah, this is where. It... Oh my God! Yeah, you want to read on to the end of this chapter because this is where it really sums up the whole mm-hmm. idea of the book. Do you want to read it? it? Either either way, yeah. Just pick up where you okay. took it, off it, because it, if rather... this is yeah. This is where it really does summarize
0: the whole. Um, So, yeah, my my mother, this is where uh, my mother, Dolores, the Spanish word for pain, was only 20 years old when she murdered herself and left me an orphan. Dead at Narcia's age, Narcissia's age, the poor deranged creature had gone through her short, savage stay on earth, dragging the name of pain behind her like a death sentence. And pain would be her final legacy to me. With all her sensual, passionate, Mad, Romani. 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 fire and laughter and gaiety. Her joy and hope and childish, optimistic lust for life and her dark, unmanageable agony and confusion. That obscene, insatiable hunger for death, the curse. I called to her memory. I called to memory the way i'd found her that stinking cold humid winter day her naked white body sprawled crazily across the dirty yellow linoleum like a broken doll lying dead on the floor covered in the expired blood of her sad chaotic little life everything splattered with that dark oily blood <clears throat> blood blood so much fucking blood weeping from her both weeping from both her cold dead bluish wrists the flesh of her throat ripped open like a gaping black pit of bottomless horror. <clears throat> These guys, dark. Her body lying there, immobile, like a thrown out, deflated balloon, dull and tinted with pinkish red flecks of blood. Her skin, cold and gray, as a bundle of wet newspaper. Blood everywhere. So much bu- blood, bad blood, sad blood, alcoholic blood. My creamy blood. Cursed blood, tainted, poisonous, angry, irritable, broken, tragic blood. My blood, how deeply ingrained that kind of psychic scar tissue really is. How persistently it runs right down to the very core of an essence of li- and lifeblood of who we are and always will be. People like Narcissia and me, and how perfectly appropriate I thought the spirits increase vigor grows through a wound i could feel it as i lie there in the dark the healing grace of redemption entering my life through an old cold festering long forgotten wound i could hear my mother's voice again now echoing whispering to me in the cold winter wind whistling outside my window as the wind howled away outside my window, I thought of the long road ahead. O Lungo Drome, my only home. I f- Finally, I fell asleep. I dreamt of my bittersweet Dakini, Narcissia, traveling home at last, back to Alpha Centauri, flying through the stars at the speed of light, light, light. After that, I did not dream again. (laughs) Wow. So, like, that's – learning to lose is, like, the name of the podcast, and it's the name of the the brand, and it's all about how the pain and the suffering and the flaws and the imperfect versions of ourselves – it's all about learning.
1: You just made him relive some
0: shit right oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, learning yeah. to... Yeah, big time. But, like, it seems to me that, like, the bad... All that hurt... All that horrible stuff was, like, the way... It's fuel. It's fuel. the way to the light. It's the only way it's to dark. You it's cannot bypass... You
3: cannot bypass the demons. If you yeah. are mm. in recovery and you are plagued with demons you're not going to tiptoe across mm, that you got to face gonna, them huh you're not going to sidestep that you're not going to get around it there's only way you know the only way out is through that's yeah. you have heard this a thousand times oh and covered. it's
1: not easy and sometimes it takes decades
3: decades uh, no, that's, that's uh, you uh, it might uh, take more than decades it might take several more lifetimes yeah. before you really Awaken, but we're on a conscious intention to awaken as best we can in this lifetime, and I think you know that's a huge blessing because if you go out and look around, the world is is infested with zombie-like unconscious humans. Seems that way, huh? And that you know, there but for the grace of God. There but for the grace of God, when I see people that are just addicted to their television and, you know, walking around scared of their own shadow and worried and, you know, Mm. consumed with fear and greed and lust and all this stuff that, you know, that makes us human but can also, you know, destroy our humanity, I just say there but for the grace of God. Thank you, God, for, you know giving me this little bit, this little minimal bit of consciousness by which I could, you know, connect to something bigger and more purposeful that could give me a chance to serve something better than just this rotting carcass of needs and wants and you
1: know I don't know if you noticed Pat but as you were reading that it really really was yeah. affected him oh, it was, I, it yeah, was neat no, to see because that came from his soul and then you were just it's been a while since he's heard it it was, it was pretty interesting Yeah,
3: yeah no I mean I cried buckets writing this book because it was for me that was my that was it was it was a connection. It didn't heal me. It didn't suddenly thrust me into this enlightenment. But it was a step in that direction. It, yeah, I remember you process. were talking about
4: like some, like some things you never get over. Yeah. And that kind of stuck with me because like, part of me knows that's true. But then my ego is like, afraid of that being true. Like I want to be over trauma and obstacles yeah, one day. You
3: don't want to be over it. You know why? Because, I mean, sure, you don't want to be tortured by it every minute of every day but even in the big book of aa you know it says you know our dark experience is one of our greatest assets. assets something to that effect yeah yeah it because that's what gives us compassion shared suffering with those who are out there really you know like eating shit and also gives us the authority the permission by which we can share our experience, strength, and hope with somebody that, you know, if, they, if we hadn't been through all that darkness, we'd just be preaching to somebody, and that preaching doesn't. Nobody wants to listen to So preacher. the thing to
1: look yeah. forward to, I think, is you're not going to be free with it. It's going to be with you, but it's not gonna, you're not going to suffer from it, and you'll be able to use that. It's a tool. It becomes It'll become a, a tool. tool. It's,
3: it becomes that alchemy where we turn shit to gold. Yeah. We turn our suffering... Into something useful that we could use to serve others,
1: and it also brings you closer to the light continuously. Of course, because continuously. through service,
3: we're able to connect with our fellow human beings, and you know that's our brothers and sisters in God's eyes. In God's eyes, you know we're all. It's the first two words of you know the, the Lord's prayer: "Our Father." Right. Don't say my Father, your Father, our Father. So if it's our father then we must be brothers. And if we're brothers then if we could make that connection through shared suffering, compassion then you know we're that much closer to God.
1: Right. Can can I bring this back for a minute cuz I just want to get I want to get um a little clearer picture. So you became famous as a tattoo artist. So you became really proficient in tattooing, and 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 you built a name for yourself. And that's how you. That's yeah. what you're known as, pretty much. Over
3: These- years and years of you know apprenticeship and learning, and then practicing and tattooing in Brazil, and then I came to the states and I apprenticed with some of the, you know great old school tattoo masters and then I sort of developed my own style and eventually after traveling around the country, tattooing in different tattoo places all across the country, this country, I moved to New York City, the city of my birth and I established my, well, I worked with some you know pretty famous guys there for a while and then I opened my own place. And that became like, you know, tattoo history. Because that's where I started tattooing all these rock stars and movie stars. And, you what, know, I became pretty what, innovative. I started doing a style of tattooing that nobody ever heard of that I just cooked up. What was the style called? It was the uh, the tribal style. I pretty uh, much started that. I mean, no there was way. a guy named Leo Zuleta no, here that was doing traditional Borneo tribal designs and he was just copying that stuff into it but I started doing like wild style graffiti tribal wow. work and nobody had ever seen that shit before and it caught on
4: That was and a now, trend for a while too, right? Or it's huh? still kind of a trend, right?
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's in every tattoo shop in the world, yeah. but I started yeah. that, you know, so That's I became wild. like this innovator and people were coming from all over the world to get a tattoo from the guy who does this Special kind of tattoo. Wow. Now everybody does it, but back yeah. then I was like, I built a name for myself by doing shit that nobody else was doing. Yeah, and you know, and then I also, uh, you know, I, I started to get famous, word of mouth, this and that. And then somebody approached me and said, "We want to do a tattoo magazine. We we need somebody who's in the." Community and knows the traditions and knows the, you know, the modern, the knows the ancient, knows the history. Somebody who's passionate, somebody who's proficient, somebody who's got respect. We need somebody like that. And you also happen to be a writer. We see that you've been published. Da-da-da-da-da. We want you to be the managing editor of this magazine that we want to start. So I started the world's first legitimate tattoo magazine. And what was, it was that called? It was called International Tattoo Art. It's probably still exists. I don't know. I mean, I stepped off after a few years. But uh, that also got me more famous as a tattoo artist and, you know, whatever. So I just, you know, shit just happened. And then I was in a movie with Clint Eastwood. Which one? <clears throat> Tightrope, it was called. Mm-hmm. I was a young guy. I mean, I was, I guess, probably about 30 years old but that when that happened.
1: <clears throat> oh, so all this happened when you were in your thirties? No,
3: no. The the Fun City tattoo thing in New York and the International Tattoo Art Magazine and all these museum shows that I did, that was when I was like in my forties. But it started, you know, in my thirties. But you know, I didn't get famous sellers in like my late thirties maybe, mid thirties. Early 40s, you know, and then it just was this. And then when I got sober at 48, I dropped off the map. I just was like, fuck Mm -hmm. this. I don't want to be famous anymore. I'm sick of making all this money and being a whore to this thing that I used to love, and now I just do it for money. And I don't know what to do. I need to find myself. I'm sober now. I got to start this spiritual quest. So I just dropped everything and I moved to
0: Brazil. And that's when I started, you know, writing. Um, did you ever spend any time with uh Hunter S. Thompson? Very limited time. Mm-hmm. A couple As of I know Johnny spent a bunch There's of a
3: book th- called there's a book out right now called Who Killed Hunter Thompson? And it's an anthology by many, many different writers and artists and acquaintances of uh Hunters. And I've actually got like a four-page, four or five-page mm. story in that book that tells of my, uh, you know, my my pretty dramatic time with and around Hunter Thompson. And I'm not <laughs> going to tell you what the story is because I'd encourage you to go out and buy the fucking book. Yeah. It's not it's not my book. I won't make a dime off it, but it yeah, it's... Yeah. Anthology about it's kind of a you know, a what do you call it like a verbal history, a spoken history of Hunter Thompson by people that knew him. So well, I got a story in there. I'm it's, curious, it's like, pretty, it's I'm, a cool story, actually. So I'm
0: curious what, like, some of your favorite artists are. My favorite artists? Music. I don't know. Maybe movies. Oh, shit. Just stuff that you like. God, it's endless. I know, I know. Endless. I'm sure it is. but Endless.
3: Like, you got to narrow it down because, I mean, it, it's endless.
0: What are you listening to right now? Or?
3: In the last few years, I've listened to mostly uh, Santo Daime hymns, which is the music that we play in the, in the ayahuasca ceremonies. Mm. And I've become very, very enamored of that stuff. But, you know, I grew up listening to, like, you know, Straight up fucking rock and roll and straight up jazz. Zeppelin
0: and you know Doors or Pink Floyd.
3: I I grew up knowing uh, Jim Morrison pretty well as a kid. Frank Zappa was an early friend of mine when I was just a kid. Frank Zappa took me under his wing and it was a real nice. Did you ever get
0: to know like Anthony Kiedis or any of those guys? I knew
3: Anthony, you know, subliminally. I mean, you know, we kind of like hey hey. He came to a couple of my art shows.
0: When you said scar tissue, that reminded me of his book called Scar Tissue. But scar Tissue? I never said Scar Tissue. In, the in, the book? in, the, in your book, you oh, said something about scar, psychic. Psychic scar and tissue. And it just like reminded me. Oh, I was like, oh, Anthony Kiedis has gotten Well, we got mutual friends, from, from
3: his, you know, yeah. so we have that connection. But I don't, I don't know
0: him well. But I, Do you know John Frusciante, the guitar player of Red Hot Sleep Members? Who became like a serious junkie? Yes, but he's actually... Sober guy not he's just a really interesting artist now yeah i know who he is he's not i don't know if he's necessarily sober or not but he's like okay and good he's like amazing like just kind of similar no i don't know him i mean i know who he is like there's certain artists like zappa and like harmony corinne and like uh larry clark and, and gus van sant and like um uh uh, John for he left the Chili Peppers because he was like, I don't want to be like pop art. Yeah, like yeah, I want to yeah. do this over here. A yeah. lot of artists, I I think Pink Floyd kind of had something like that, and like Radiohead, and you know, groups that whether you become uber popular or not, when you're doing something that's very specific and you're wanting to do it, it's coming from a place of like. Like Vincent Gallo. Like, Have you seen Buffalo 66? Yeah, I hated it. Oh, you didn't like Buffalo 66? I don't think so. Maybe Is you... that
3: the one where there was like a lot of... No, that was... Actually, I did like that. Buffalo movie.
0: 66 is... No, it... I liked
3: that movie. Yeah, he, Christina... I liked that movie. Yeah. That
0: movie was good. I know Vincent. Oh, oh fool. <laughs> so these are our... I, I consider you to be someone that I look at as sort of in this same kind of circle of people who... Jim Jarmusch... That's, me, I, that's, I, I read a Jim Jarmusch quote. quote well, Jim Jarmusch And that's, is, a, that's a perfect example of the kind of person I'm talking about. Well, Jim Jarmusch is family to me. I Dude. Mean, you know, we, Coffee we, and cigarettes. Yeah. He's, right? He's, he's total family. That's He did that, right? Uh, yeah. Can Coffee
1: you, is, can you cl- tell us what you guys are talking about? Is this movies? Who, yeah, yeah, it's artists.
0: You know, it's like artists that... That make art for like art's sake, and yeah. and, and like Gus you Van mean Sant. C-
1: cinema art? Yeah. Well, okay. Gu- well Gus well, Van Sant. We're
0: kind of, talking about music. But Gu- cinema, like, here's an example.
1: Okay, Gus Van Sant.
0: Whatever. Yeah, Gus Van Sant did a movie about Kurt Cobain called Last Days. Okay? Did see it? It's literally. He also did Good Will Hunting, which is like amazing. Like movie? nominated for all. Whole you were month. talking about going back.
3: You were talking about. Vincent Gallo, and you said Buffalo 66, and I was like, yeah, that was a good movie, but there was one movie he oh, did Brown after Bunny. that. Oh, Bunny. I hated that. Yeah.
0: It's, that was well, disgusting. Okay, but that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, Chloe Seventy that, actually sucks What a sucks waste his, of Chloe fucking, Seventy actually sucks his dick in the film. You see his dick, you see Chloe Seventy giving him head what, what the, in the movie. What kind of bullshit is that? Well, I mean, I mean, it's just... Well, that's the thing that's so cool about Vincent Gallo, is he makes stuff that, 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 that no one's going to like. Just because he wanted to make it. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I call that self-indulgent. Maybe. I don't know. I, I thought that that movie You'll embodied some... Sue me,
3: some... Vincent, you know, but I, I
0: mean... Well, because it was the, this painful... He was on crack and it was a painful... I, I kind of forget what the thing was, but... But Gus Van Sant made a movie about Kurt Cobain. You can't was, erase that shit once it's out there. I've heard some <laughs> I've heard some like, stuff about that.
1: He, he, he got some flack about yeah, that. Yeah, I love yeah. that.
0: I love that he did something like that. Oh, oh. Joaquin, no, I guess it's cool. Joaquin he, Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix did I'm Still Here with Casey Affleck about him trying to become a rapper. Wow. You, remember, you know when Joaquin Phoenix... I remember when Didi Ramone, who was a good friend of mine... Became
3: a fucking rapper for a while. Do you remember D.D. Ramone as a rapper? No. Dude, <laughs> Google that shit on fucking YouTube or whatever. And just go like, D.D.
0: Ramone raps. Right. So was D.D. the
3: guitar player?
0: D.D. Ramone. It was D.D. Ramone. I know, but which one was he? Was he I don't was know, the bass singer? player or whatever? Right, right, right. right he right. was a... We, we had the same no girlfriend. Effects. Like, no, no effects. We just got a chance to film no effects. They're another example of this kind of... There was a girl that, uh, that he'd been going out with when she was like 13, and then I got her when
3: she was 17, you know, sloppy seconds to Dee Ramon. Ramone.
0: I also think the Ramones
3: were that, too. <laughs> and I was with her for like five years. God. Like Dee <clears throat> I did all these tattoos on him. Dee Dee was the coolest fucking dude in the world. Mm. I mean, he was just no guile, no... What's Guile? Guile. Like no posing, no you know, right. trying to be anything. Yeah, uh, yeah, Dee yeah, was just yeah. like Yeah, man, you know what the fuck, you know, then he went into this thing where he like Yeah, this fucking rock and roll thing. I, 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 I think rap is gonna be my next groove, you know. <laughs> and he be- he did this fucking rap song that was like so demented and so fucked up, so deranged and so authentic just it was beautiful but i mean it's really the most fucked up thing in the world it's hmm. dd Dee Dee ramon being a rapper mm-hmm. and just andy kaufman i think he was kind of slightly retarded you know hmm. love that guy man.
0: yeah the ramones are great like andy kaufman oh my God, the best um you know the, these kinds of artists who just you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm always interested in someone that's doing something different. Yeah. And like unique that hasn't been done before. And I just, that's always what I've loved. Everything's been done before. It's just a matter of doing it with a
3: next level of authenticity. Yeah. Or, or making it your own. Yeah. Making it your own. And
0: it really feels like you haven't seen, like when Joaquin Phoenix, so just to give you some He's like, a fucking genius. Yeah, but guy, just to man. give you like a little bit of cl- like he's been through some dark shit. Well, so he actually wasn't trying to become a rapper, right? He was making a four-year-long movie with Ben Affleck's brother Casey wow. about um, him quitting acting after receiving an Oscar for Gladiator. Mm-hmm. I want to be quit. I'm quitting acting, Good. and I'm going to start rapping, right? That's but healthy. it was a it was a it was a it was a character study. On a fictional character You know he, he wasn't actually Trying to become a rapper But the entire world Thought he was He went on Letterman <laughs> He had his glasses on he was disrespectful. He, he, he went – he performed at live.
4: Giant got, beard. His hair is like super you, you've long. You've seen the
0: image of Joaquin Phoenix with the beard wow. and the glasses and he's puts, he puts – Letterman says, you come to my fucking interview. You you're chewing gum on my interview. He says, all right. He takes the gum. He puts it on the desk. <laughs> it's like crazy and you're – literally the whole world was like, fuck this fool. He's tripping. How dare you like walk away from this kind of career? But then, like, and actually, he <laughs> didn't, so he didn't, he couldn't get a role for four years after this movie was made because nobody knew whether it was real or not. Uh. And then he came back, um, the master, her, um, you know, nominated for all these academies. He came back like four years later just swinging. Like, yeah. he's yeah. St- still a great actor. Oh, he's a fucking genius. But to do something like that, that's my favorite thing he's ever done because it was like, He played that role for four years. Wow! Everyone hated him for doing it, (laughs) but he—I mean—there's footage in this movie of him doing coke with hookers and, you know, making music and complaining about how Leonardo DiCaprio gets the private jet and he's fucking in the minivan and (laughs) just—he—he went into this really selfish, like, like, um, like—you saw—he meets with Ben Ben Stiller and he's like Ben Stiller and he's like making fun of. Have you seen the movie? Yeah,
4: it's been a while, but
0: like. You're just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I don't know why it's not more popular. The only thing I can think of, or anyone who's ever done anything like that's like Andy Kaufman. You know, like the world hated Andy Kaufman because who's he was Andy Kaufman? wrestling, the guy, the comedian who was like, who wrestled women. and. See, I'm not really. You
1: <sighs> remember that show Chemical Taxi? Cop- that old that old show? I in lived the 70s? in
3: Brazil, you know, most of those years. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm kind of. There's big gaps in my cultural, uh, right. you know, uh, understanding of, you know, American culture. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some things that I really deeply know about that a lot of people never even heard of. Mm-hmm. And then there's other things that, like, everybody knows about. And I'm like, who? What? Right. You know, I missed whole decades in huh. this country by living in South America. You know, so uh, there's a lot of shit that gets talked about that's common knowledge to most of y'all that mm. I'm just like, well, well that's a you, know, you meant like about
1: Winkle, the podcast you know? and stuff. Like you don't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the cool thing about you, about John, um, Jonathan is like, um, you can tell that he's not like when you're willing to just be honest and open about all the things like, and you're not like trying to hide certain things and be, it's like, I don't know. There's like a freedom and like a honesty about, uh, I don't know. I like that a lot. I I respect that because I don't think hiding and lying and pretending and and presenting some image of yourself that's not really what it – I don't think that that serves anyone, not you or anyone watching. And that's a part of like what we're trying to do is like can everyone just be like honest and then I think maybe we'll get closer to – like what I mean is like maybe you don't look good in the photo but like that's okay. I've got a little – you can sticker. post it anyway. I got a little sticker
3: over my mirror, where I have a mirror in my kitchen that I usually look in once or twice a day, and there's a sticker above it that says, my vulnerability makes me strong. Mm-hmm. That's
0: just, like everything, dude. Yeah. That's the fucking message, bro. And I love, like, you've really, when I went to your website, and when I read the quotes, and it, it, it makes me realize that, like, it's nice to have, like, little... You know, like things that define like what you're about. You know, because I don't think we have like enough of those. You know, like one more time. What does it
3: say? My vulnerability makes me strong. Like that's a great. That's like what Joe Rogan said on this thing I was listening to today, where he said, you know, it builds character to get your ass whipped. Yeah. And we all know that as people in recovery, because we wouldn't have survived all these years without our fucking medication. And it's not only survived, but fucking thrived and prospered and triumphed in so many areas. We wouldn't have been able to do that if we had not been whipped into some fucking submission, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody sailed into fucking you know alcoholic yeah. recovery on the wings of victory. It's just you know, so. We, it's we just so the opposite of what this. you're
1: taught. Learn how to win, success. You know, blah blah. But, it's totally ca- counterintuitive
3: yeah. to this whole fucking materialistic culture. It's totally counterintuitive, but it's the it's the only true path. I mean, at least for
1: I think so. people like us. I think so, yeah.
3: And we're the lucky ones, believe me. There's a whole world of zombies out there walking around with their fucking face masks on, watching TV twenty four seven, and you know, jumping off fucking you know. Twenty-story windows because it's not TV
1: anymore. Now it's social media. And oh, like,
3: the whole thing—the yeah. whole matrix—is <laughs> designed to enslave the human consciousness yeah. and turn us it's into actually, fucking robots. It
1: actually robots. is designed. They have algorithms that oh, yeah. are designed. Oh yeah. To, oh yeah.
0: So and now like they got this fucking. Is my greatest strength.
1: Is my strength.
0: My now they got like fucking
3: wait a minute they, 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 <laughs> now they got like fucking Elon Musk you know. Like wanting to implant fucking you know oh Elon into yeah 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 people oh the neural links. She, neural Neuralink Neuralink but, so,
0: but wait you said my vulnerability is my strength strength something like that I think it might be my greatest strength.
3: Well, my vulnerability makes me strong. That's
0: I don't know
1: about greatest. I mean, you, that's making it top. I think it kind of is though because if you can something to think about it
0: is for me like it's been a journey. That I'm on, and, and and it's kind of like we just watched this documentary, um, the Social Dilemma. Do you yeah. see it? Yeah. Oh, I've heard. See, of I that. like talking to. I like it. it talks I've heard about of that. what you see, were here's just the thing talking about, about. Elon Musk. I watched that. You, yeah, you, know, you do. Like, yeah. Humans gotta, are evolving. What is my? Right. Okay. I'm the following. internet and technology is a part of that evolution, where's so where's we can have home? an open mind. What are you looking for? My little BlackBerry. Oh right, yeah, it's, that's where I write everything down. Or we can be, we can fight it. I, I don't necessarily, necessarily. Yeah, I'm know. a futurist.
4: I'm about the future. Like, I'll get a neuralink. Well, but people what? are a lot of people are like, oh my god, like, what if you go blind? I'll maybe wait for well, the no, second but generation. But I want to like, be with it. No, I don't know. I I, I, I I would too.
3: Don't do that, man. So I don't know. Don't you dare do that, man! That that would be game over.
0: No. I don't I can, uh, what if we have an open mind and I mean, look, I was able to look up stuff while he was sitting here quotes. It made the podcast better. The information is all here. I can yeah. use this in a good way or a bad way. So what's the problem? Like, yeah, let's all get closer to the truth. Yeah. Let's all get more information available to us right now. Like, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's evolve. Let's Yeah up bro <laughs> yeah. you know that is, yeah it was, he's not even a boomer he's for, for well, even, <laughs> even
4: people even people my age are super against the neuro yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. just because it's like they're afraid like they're afraid we're gonna become robots but like we're already robots dude. you well, like people are afraid of like having a chip in their head like your phone is already a chip that you choose to have on. You. Exactly. Like location, exactly. You just microphone, it. camera. It's already all there. It's, it's better than a chip in your brain because it's like you're addicted to it. So it's like you think you have control over it, but like you don't.
0: No, but it's, maybe it's not better. Maybe it's worse because you have to like hold it and, and you have to interrupt the conversation by looking at it. If it was just something that was like there, right. maybe it wouldn't interrupt the flow. Maybe, dude, you know what I was thinking about the other day? How fucking dope would it be if I could just, like, transmit what I was trying to say to you? I with think that's out- what he's trying to do with Neuralink, right? But, dude, like, like Charlie got here, and what if I could just look at him and be like, you know I love you? <laughs> he- I don't know. It's like you can't describe certain things with words. Yeah. They're limiting. But if you could, like... But what if you're transmitting things you don't want to? You wouldn't. You choose what... See that's the other thing about evolution and technology is you can never predict what it's going to look like if you watch like the original blade runner like you know Ridley Scott's like really good at like predicting what the future is going to look like that movie takes place in the future 2020 whoa yeah. that's when but but yeah. cuz blade runner was made in 79 i think but his version of the future like he didn't think we were going to have touchscreen Phones and yeah. I don't think that this idea didn't of cell get phone, it
3: right? Who got it right was fucking Stanley Kubrick? George Orwell.
0: Oh yeah, he's uh you know who that is? Yeah.
3: Oh, wait, George oh, Orwell
0: Huxley. Wait, George oh, Orwell. Nineteen eighty four. Right, but did that have anything to do with um that's what we're living in right now. Brave uh, New World, Aldous oh, Huxley.
3: 1984 is a movie. Fucking test tube
0: babies,
3: oh, all this kind yeah. of thing.
4: Have you right. read Doors of Perception by him, too? Uh,
3: Aldous Huxley, yeah. yeah, sure. But Brave New World, that's the book. If yeah. you want to see what's happening today, yeah. predicted like close to 100 years ago.
4: So wait, what happens off? in the... He was kind of onto something, too.
3: This, oh, no doubt... Ted Whoa. Kaczynski. Holy shit. You know who that is? No. Yeah, of course. The
0: Unabomber? Oh, shit. That's his book.
3: Wow.
4: Well, how is yeah, it? Yeah, you it's know published this See, the, the guy was a fucking genius. Like, See, that's
0: the thing. It's like the difference between like a genius Whoa. and a psychopath. Like uh, most leaders, most horrible, evil leaders, they were like onto something. But they just this. their ego. First just let us postulate yeah, that the right. computer, like, But if they could Holy just shit, this is like <laughs> i, I want to randomly open the home? page. First of all, the title is First everything. let
3: us postulate that the computer scientists succeed in developing intelligent machines that can do all things better than human beings can do them. In that case, presumably all work will be done by vast, highly organized systems of machines and no human effort will be necessary either of two cases might occur the machines might be permitted to make all of their own decisions without human oversight or else human control over the machines
0: might be retained
3: and it just goes on and on the, the book
0: is, is called industrial society and its future and it's about why the industrial revolution is going to is the is the beginning of the decline yeah. of the human race so why do, you do the, hell. why
4: do the why do the bombing
0: well, it was a statement saying, these are the things that are wrong. I'm bombing these things, like okay. you know the, these 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 things that are contributing to the industrial revolution uh, happening God, like you so should watch the the uh, it's called manhunter it's a it's a show. can we do a little uh, uh, have you heard of I Man see Hunter? on Netflix right? yeah, that's a um, show about uh, Ted Kaczynski, oh, them trying to catch him. The guy couldn't be caught. They had no idea who he was or how he was doing it. He was having bombs. Yeah. He was making them in in the cabin in the woods and having them mailed. And he was just – he was a Harvard graduate, I think. Whoa, No, like dude was like – just retarded smart yeah like yeah. so smart yeah this book is amazing i, I love shit this. like that I have the anarchist cookbook over there too and i oh, like shit. like tripping right. on like weird Dude. shit like I that. i need to get this book can, yeah. can we
1: do a little uh, me you versus you two because uh, i know you and i are on the same
0: tip well i mean look it's not about and, being versus it's just look, well let's just do a little okay but hold on let me just say this <laughs> it's happening okay yeah. you, you can't fight it Yep. Right. So, what are you going to do? Well, you want to uh, we'll argue I'll... about it? I don't. I could argue your point. Okay. No, but right. I could literally build. On, it. I'm let's let's not do C. it. No, no, no. We could do it. I'm down to do it. But before <laughs> we do it, I just want to say that I have records here. There are vinyl records. I love vinyl. I love old film. I love vintage old things. I love jazz. Yeah. This is his jazz record I'm listening to. his Red Garland. Oh my. God. Miles I grew Davis. But I love. Old stuff, okay. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna fucking abandon. The future is the internet. It's technology. It's social media. Y- 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 good luck trying to fight even,
1: it. I'm not even talking that but old. I'm, I'm talking if, really like old, like thousands of years it's, old.
0: It, well, you, we're, we're never gonna be able to go back to that. So let's well, embrace never, the never future. say never
1: because it might go full cycle. Yeah, it may have know. already Maybe. existed. Who
0: is that? Tell her I said hi.
1: Anyway, I think this conversation is interesting because it brings out other things that are yeah. um, higher laws and stuff. But my, we, I mean, my
0: my thing is like I just try to use what's available to me. Like, dude, trust me, starting a TikTok account for me was like hard because I didn't. It's girls, their dance, it's all dancing and weird things. And yeah. I'm like, I'm good. I don't want to fucking do that. I, I just want to like have my. Instagram, but I like did it anyway, and I tried it out because I want to have an open mind and I want to try to. Was I but was I trying to copy what everyone else is doing? No, I'm like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my version of it, and it was like you know we can use these things as tools to do good. Understood. Okay, so what is your argument? Okay, it's not an argument.
1: I have a hypothesis not a theory it's billy's hypothesis so billy's hypothesis is that before civilization when everybody was a nomad pretty much all tribes were nomadic that this was the pinnacle of humanity and that we can't even understand their connection and their senses in modern day humans Mm -hmm. and how they were Advanced with the natural yeah, George, world. Joe yeah.
0: Rogan talks a lot about this, and something well, there's destroyed indigenous. All that, right? There's
3: untouched, uncontacted indigenous cultures, mm-hmm. for instance, in the you know in the jungles of Brazil. There's indigenous, you know, millennial Understood, cultures. But we can't
1: get in their heads because we're not. But they're from living that.
3: by yeah. the laws of nature. They're living in a pure. But
1: you know, what I want to know. Like they can tell when it's going to rain, mm. yeah. Or anyone else, or because they're part of they the ecosystem. They can see like a tree or a branch, and there's a. But even their concept of the world, I'm thinking, is nothing like what we could even understand because. Because yep. they are connected to nature, to the Gaia, to the planet
3: to the yeah but there might even stars. be stars
0: there i think there's more even like they're, the pyramids. oh well they're connected. Yeah, like how did the pyramids get built there it is right there
3: well they're connected to higher technologies because right. they're in contact with higher sources that we don't even want
1: almost, to almost show themselves almost would be like animals like they just are like time yeah. maybe isn't even a thing yeah right yeah, like they
0: don't wear a watch
1: i think i heard someone say the worst thing that happened to humanity
4: is we became self-conscious we became conscious. Self-aware. Self-aware, yeah.
0: And then fire. <laughs> that's when we split well, up from the, the Bible animals. Adam and just, and that's eating. when we stop agreeing with nature. That, that, like we that started, dog doesn't know. It's it's not aware like, of itself. No. It's, it's just not worried it's just, about dying. It's just living. Yeah. It's in the moment. But but anyway, we this... We can't even be in the moment because we're so aware
1: of... Being alive. Yeah. And we need weird. to be distracted all the time. But the thing is, it's just... To me, a very interesting conversation because I want to get to the crux of human, of what it is to be human. And what it is to be human here in the 2020 is not what it was 5,000 years ago. And in fact, maybe we were more human 5,000 years ago. And what we are now is just distracted. Yeah, Um, Yeah. And that's why you have found this path from ancient Tradition, right? Like, possibly, and that's how you. And it's even when you get that peace beyond. You know, they talk about beyond understanding. It's you're part of all of it, even the stars and the, yeah, you know, in a way that's hard to explain because it's your own experience. Do you know what I mean? Though, yeah, it's unexplainable
3: except through connection with. You know, that I, know totality I, bore, of I bore the shit out of I these think, guys I, mean, I think
0: I the internet can no, be a... I'm like, Dude, are you kidding me? There's nothing more important I'm love, I love, that's why I love Billy and I love talking about this I'm sorry, I'm just, there's a lot I'm, pr- I'm trying to pr- promote this so people actually hear it <laughs> that's well, that's what, what was, well that's what i was well
4: that's what i was going to talk about like the internet can be spiritual like what he's doing is using sure. the internet to spread the message yeah recovery. it, it
0: distracts me sometimes from the moment Absolutely. But, but, but i'm just trying to share it with all it's the a tool i like any tool it, yeah. can to or or it can be used to destroy or it could be used to
4: build you yeah. know it's like yeah uh, that's uh, right how what we if, is it says that about us what if technology. i what if exactly. i didn't
0: need to like make the stuff. If what it's if I used just... with consciousness and
3: conscious intent, then it's a beautiful tool. If it's used unconsciously, it could just you know cripple the essence of your humanity and that's you know a tool is just an inert object. it's a tool. Yeah. It, it doesn't have a personality, it's what you do with it. What your intention is to use it for.:
1: Well, you know what seems to be the barrier is capitalism. Because I have this idea that maybe one day technology and the natural world could coexist, but it's capitalism that is addicting you. Mm-hmm. Greed. Addicting you to... Because you don't know... I don't think you know what it's like. These guys are addicted to their phones.
0: You're uh, becoming...
1: I'm becoming addicted to the phone.
0: I won't do it. Um, Blackberry. Do, good for you. But it's oh, a, shit. He, <laughs> yeah. Yo. Let me just see Good this for you, man. Quick. Hold on. Let me just see this real quick. Um, so, I just want to say, our, our guest tonight is Jonathan Shaw, prolific tattoo artist, writer, friend of um, Charles Bukowski, Iggy Pop, a bunch of amazing, cool people, and he still has his BlackBerry. Why?
3: Why? Because I don't want to participate in the fucking madness of technology addiction. This is a useful tool for me. I could write books on it. I could make phone calls. I could send text messages, and, you know, I don't want to be Connected to the Matrix.
4: So. Hey, I
0: respect that. I really do. And um, um, I, I mean, tried to
4: do that and failed, like Brzezinski really hard.
0: definitely that. Too. Yeah. Well,
4: you know. But I think, cause I was like, I, I
0: want to
1: You know what? We should said, all oh, read shit. this book.
0: I'm, let me all do it for us. Yeah. Because I think that's what's so cool is I'll, That's we need
3: people like you taking the fucking bullet yeah. for yeah. us.
0: You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> None <laughs> of this
1: would be happening if it wasn't for yeah. following. And I'm down. Like,
0: no. I'm I, able to like. It.
3: Well, um, you're 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 rocking it, bro. You know, full respect, man. Respect you know for that. might be a fun
1: idea, though, is to all of us read a book like this and then come back and talk about what we read. That might be kind of interesting because this guy has some this really... This dude's got some serious shit. Interesting yeah. ideas. And, you know,
3: capitalism in itself is not evil, just like money in itself is not evil. You know, if you look at communist societies or communist... Countries, there's never been a happy
1: ending. No, no, I'm completely (laughs) that's my biggest fear right now.
3: Totalitarian, you know,
4: dictatorships. Look
3: at China, man. They have like
4: a second holocaust going on right now. Well, my fear right right now is is we're going to become right, and and nobody knows. It's weird. Like, it doesn't make the mainstream media because a lot of news companies have ties to China.
3: Well, the mainstream media is totally owned and controlled by nefarious sources. I mean, we could get into some really deep, you know... And look, you know in, no way, in no way
1: am I promoting socialism or uh, communism. Thank I'm God. just saying that capitalism first goes for the money, and the money's by getting people ad- nicotine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This shit, I'll spend more money than I have on this stupid shit, because, <laughs> yeah. you know... Yeah,
4: yeah, 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 yeah. So but it also like breeds innovation so like we don't know if yeah, iphone true. would have ever well, been invented yeah it's inert.
3: it's just like that tool it could be used to you know destroy or create it's just like that tool you know sure it could be co-opted by greedhead, you know reptilian fucking capitalist scumbags or you know it could be used by anarch- anarchistic well capitalism. the internet the internet right. started true. with
1: the anarchist and the you know very in the beginning the government made it but then everyone was sharing their information for free
3: and now it's totally infested with censorship
2: Mm -hmm. like like oh my god i had a video we made
0: about you talking about your the fight with charlie it's taken you know got taken down because you said you were you were describing what he said what who said well, before he got in a fight with that kid who just uh-huh. showed up... Actually, Billy got in a fist fight with that kid yesterday. Right. <laughs> and and the kid was yelling at Billy, you fucking faggot... So He was using those words, so Billy was... Exp- you, the video was taken down because you said those words. Said what words?
1: Oh, hate speech, faggot, pedophile, whatever. Because that's
0: what he was calling Billy. So Billy was explaining what he was saying that provoked Billy to want to... And the video is taken down Because you can't even say those words What? So my video got taken down Because someone was saying those words And, and wow. all we, He wasn't like Billy wasn't like saying them to me He was just basically explaining What someone else said to Holy him Holy shit Yeah,
3: it's crazy Good lord See, this is the beginning of totalitarian You know
1: That's, That is a fear of mine That we'll I mean, go so far into that We won't be able to get back
3: Well, it's already all there It's already right. there Look, you know. Even if you're
0: not, like, calling anyone
1: one. I mean, now, actually, you can't even say say hello, ladies and gentlemen. you got to say hello, ladies and gentlemen, everyone between, outside of, and remotely, abstractly related to one of those. That's how you have to introduce yourself. I
0: I know. What? Hold on, though. uh, This is just like yeah, yeah. Because, but, but Wick, i want to hear what Wickham like if, if, someone called, if someone
4: called if someone called him the n-word like a hard r and then he repeated it again they called me the n-word the hard r that would be a problem so what? it's like the Good same thing with that word you know right
0: but like so i'm just saying like wow. but like but if we're not able to like no there's a, that, that's
3: what the masks are about hello there's no science behind that it's all bullshit Mass doesn't protect anybody from viruses. It's impossible. Right. It's like putting up a fucking, it's like putting up a fucking, uh, you know, chain link fence to keep flies out of your house. You know, right. it's like it's, like, it's further agree.
1: removing us from our humanity because we can't see well, our expressions. Can't, no face, wow. no voice.
3: Kinda it's scary. a fucking. Psyop, yo! It's like I just filmed,
0: I just filmed the effects at Fat Mike's house, and I I, got ki- I almost got kicked out because I wouldn't, I can't do it. It's hard for me to do it because, it, well, I, one, I get sweaty. No, but it's, and two, it, it, I don't want. I want to be able to talk to you, and I want you to be able to see what's a psyop. C- this is
3: a fucking. It, it, what is that? It, what's mean? a psyop?
0: It's a psychological operation. Right. Oh. This
3: war is being waged not by scientists, but by psychologists and psychiatrists. They are studying human behavior, and they are marking us for, you know,
1: Control. obedience training. Control. Sure, elections man. Controlling elections. Controlling humanity, humans. Controlling human consciousness
3: through human behavior, man. This is some
0: dark well this is like we're getting they're warming us Shit. up it's like you warm me they're warming it's, us up well it's the boiling well, the frog yeah, yeah yeah you know so it's like okay so when frog. you use words like death and two hundred thousand died oh you can't argue with that you, 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 nobody can say yeah but wait cigarettes killed more people why aren't we yep doing anything about that or, or
1: just driving your car yeah like more...
0: so i don't know it's just like I was reading something today, some statistics, and I thought to myself, I can't even. Because of the, ch- it's almost like if somebody's like religious and they think you know they believe that you shouldn't have uh, sex out of wedlock or whatever, they just say like you can't do it. It says it in the Bible, and that's just that's the end of the discussion. Like, it, it yeah, everybody does it. Certain things are like conversation enders. Yeah. So it's like it's an epidemic. People are dying. End of conversation. It just it stops. The conversation, But wait, like everyone I've ever known who's had it wasn't even really sick. Yeah, I've known a bunch of people who've had it, sure. including Chris's mom, who was like, well, his and own. And can Nika, I say that? Who, can I say that? What? My brother. Yeah, yeah my his brother, brother had, had it. it. Fun. it or whatever. I'm just saying, like, it's just uh, No, this as is- soon as you start talking about that, you're like insensitive and you don't care. I'm not even saying I know anything.
4: Uh, no. Do you have and, a different opinion on this? Uh yeah, a little bit. Let's hear it. Cuz I was watching this video today I hear it. called Scientists versus Flat Earthers. Oh, <laughs> like God. real scientists, oh, like climate scientists like and dude, they just got demolished, man. Like cuz like they would say things that they learned from like one website and like one YouTube video. Right. While well, these guys studied it for 7 years and like they were calling the scientists <laughs> uneducated and it was like this whole thing and like It really made me think about, like, what would be their, like, incentive to lie if someone, like, studied it for, like, seven years. And if it was, like, a conspiracy, they would have to—all the hospital workers would have to keep it a
1: secret.
3: No. 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 It doesn't work that way. It does not
2: work I don't
1: think it's intentional. It's just the consciousness. It's
3: it's like a pyramid. You know the pyramid— At the top, there's the all-seeing eye. Those guys know everything. Then you go down the pyramid. When you get down the pyramid, it's all on a need-to-know basis. When you get down to the bottom pyramid, the foundation of the pyramid, the worker ants that hold the rest of the pyramid up, they don't know what they're working for. They don't know who's controlling them from the top. They know nothing. They're innocent. They think they're doing good because they have been... Only given this much information. Then you go up a couple of levels and they have a little more information, but it's only the guys at the top that have all the information. Right. And, and they give the orders. But all back.
4: I'm saying is like, I, I would be insane to say that I know more than an epidemiologist with a PhD. Yeah, for sure. That's just insane.
3: Well, yeah. that is insane, but there's, for every epidemiologist that is supporting this fucking hoax, I could, I could show you two that are saying this is all right. Did yeah. you see the movie Plandemic? Look it up. No,
4: is that where they say Bill Gates started?
3: Oh, man. it's This is a deep, 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 deep rabbit hole.
0: Deep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've studied I, this I, extensively. I don't think we necessarily need to go into that. All I know is I just want to have an open mind, and I don't want to think I really know anything ever. I just, for me, it feels kind of like... Open uh, mind is good. Yeah, it's, I want to have an open mind. I just think that, like, you know... For my whole life, I've always believed that there was – it always felt to me like no matter who the president is, it's always kind of – it just always felt to me like there was something else happening. There is. When I saw JFK, Oliver Stone's JFK, I actually just posted about this today. Something inside of me changed when I saw that movie. That's why I love films so much because they're – they have the ability to change a person in a way that no other art form does, I think. And JFK's assassination, you know, was like, the way this movie shows it, it's pretty hard to argue that there's something off about that. And, you know, that's the way it's always been. There's always been other people. And if you think about it, whoever has the most money has the most power and they're able to... Keep things the way they're supposed to be, and then I saw the Zeitgeist documentary. Have you seen the Zeitgeist? Yeah, I've seen the first one. And and the Zeitgeist, it makes sense that like you know, you create these systems of economic wealth where you have like certain people that are like really controlling everything, like you know Rothschilds, Rockefellers, different Illuminati, if you will, or whatever. And it's like a big, it's like a game of chess where they're they're it's they're very very smart and they're and they're thinking about it. Before it happens, they're like, okay, yeah, so the pandemic, it'll be good for this, this, and, you know, the Twin Towers will be good because it will unite our country, it'll give us a common enemy, and then we'll be able to implement the the Patriot Act, which will allow us to surveil everyone, and then, okay, it's, like, weird, like, it's, like, they're so fucking smart, and they've been doing it for so long that it's not, like it's like even the smart people they don't really know that it's it's almost hard to believe that it's
4: happening well it's like what Joe Rogan was saying like it was a conspiracy theory that like democrats and super rich celebrities like were pedophiles and like they had an island and it, if you said that back in the day just, you're crazy but right. it was real yeah yeah well, <laughs> it was you, like, a real do thing
3: know, do you does anybody know where the phrase conspiracy theory originates from?
1: no what
3: uh The CIA fed that catchphrase to the FBI, who put it into the the widest consciousness. When? When did this happen? This was devised to debunk anybody who questioned the Warren report. Who questioned the what? The Warren report, which was the official explanation of the circumstances surrounding the assassination of JFK, mm. and it was just totally incredulous and absurd and ridiculous and a five-year-old child with two brain cells working in unison. Like the bullet could went have, like
0: this. Yeah, I mean, right? It, it's crazy. It, it's insane. It's but, but 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 if, you're, but if you
3: but if, anybody that questioned that uh, bullshit was a conspiracy theory. They said, "Oh, conspiracy theories widely debunked." These are all catchphrases that are inserted in there to take credibility away from the truth. Yes,
0: yes, yes. It's
3: fucking beyond...
0: Yeah, so so as soon as you start talking about this stuff, they're like, yeah, even just saying that you're considering a conspiracy theory kind of makes you seem crazy. And I'm not saying it's some big conspiracy theory. I'm just saying that It's not a conspiracy theory
3: if it's not a theory. (laughs) If it's no longer a theory, if it's a theory, that's just, well, I think maybe this is an idea. Let's investigate it. Oh, well, all the evidence points to it being true. Well, if it's true, then it's a conspiracy truth. Mm. And anybody that calls it a conspiracy theory is what I would call a conspiracy denier. Hello.
0: Right. Hello. So I I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I believe there are 1%. People that have all the wealth and the power, and I think there's even a smaller percentage of those people who are like really i don 't know i don 't want to say like puppet masters, but I just think that like you know I think that like Bay of Pigs and nine eleven and Vietnam and like all these things are like they happened they were intentionally doing these things well you sound and like i think one of them. I think it's happening. And I think it's happening right now. Again, oh, I mean, it's always oh, happening. You, know, I think you it, sound like one
3: of those conspiracy it, theorists, man. Right. Well, I mean, you
0: know, and then once you're able to look at it 20 years later, in hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. But when you're in it, like right now, it's hard to see because you're like, oh, I don't want to be insensitive. People are dying. This is serious. Like, and that's the other crazy thing is it's not – like it actually is a real thing, right? But like the way that they're spinning it – like Black Lives Matter, like that's fucking real. Like this shit is fucked up, but like yeah. when but, Antifa comes in and does and, and makes, George
3: Soros, yes, and, and who they, you're not allowed to talk about,
0: right? Yeah, well then they come in and they and they they, they plant brick pallets and they and they make it's almost like they're capitalizing off of yeah. the, off of the um using African it. Americans using pain like they're yeah. making them look crazy.
1: So yeah. now the black they're going guys- oh, we're
0: going to use this as a thing yeah. because you can't even argue it, and it's like it is a thing. But right. now you're making it into something else, so that we can be distracted from what's actually happening over here. Right. Um, it's like Republican, no longer Democrat. It's like no, like it's people. Like what? Are, what? Like why are you trying to divide us? Why? Because divide so. so and we're conquer. just That's yeah, why? divide and it's conquer. Like Control. Like a lot old... of distractions right now oh, from like insane. us be, being more united as a people. No, that'll that can't. I mean, allowed. we've never been more divided. Ever and that can't
3: it, be allowed to happen. Unity yeah, yeah, is yeah, not yeah, the name yeah, of the yeah. game for these. Uh, you know, these but I don't really shit know. I, evil fucking
0: <laughs> bitch. Fuck. I don't know anything for sure. I do like having the conversation, and I think but, the most important thing well, here's when the way. you're having these conversations is to do that. Is to have them with like love and empathy. And, like, an open mind. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm telling anyone anything. Because, you know, it's very hard to hear this stuff if you don't believe it. Yeah. So you have to say it. It's almost like I, I treat it like a, you know, when you have a newcomer coming this in. Is not you don't f- want to there's say no God no fact. Right we're not talking kind facts of need to like,
1: here. We're, yeah. we're just well, I don't exploring. I don't yeah, you're obviously, I you're, like, angry. Let and, me ask you this, though. I don't bother. Do, does, does society and humanity need to be controlled? That's would would we just really eat ourselves question. alive yeah. if we weren't? I
0: think that's why. Maybe the world would be
3: better off if maybe. we were, we were ah. genocided yeah. that's down to 500,000 yeah. people on the planet. That's the plan, apparently. I think the eugenicists, you know, you've heard of the Georgia Guidestones? No. Look it up. The plan is to. Depopulate the earth through genocide, through vaccinations, and to wind up with a population, target population of under 1 billion human beings on, on, on the planet. That 1 million? That. God, Pretty that's much. so
1: small. Why so small?
3: That's what they want. You still you have to away? look at the Georgia Guidestones. Look to it him up. At all? Georgia no. Guidestones. He's
1: like stones. mad at me. But have you thing. seen Okay. Do you follow Georgia Guidestones? No. Yeah, I want
0: to talk to you a little new bit world about world orders, kind of uh, some of this stuff actually cuz I really think that stone. you're like you have like a little bit more of an open stone. mind than most
1: people and don't, you're like Don't smarter look at Wikipedia
0: whatever because that's all
1: I can't hear you.
3: Don't look on Wikipedia, what oh. we do, because that's... Not what? YouTube source.
1: it or
0: something? Okay, guys. Um, yeah, you find it. We've reached our limit. Thank you for yeah. so much for coming. We're going to do this again, hopefully. Can we do it again? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be
3: back here next week. Thanks I, for I listening, guys. Meeting, man. Until oh. I like, move back to Brazil, I'll, I'll be a frequent flyer over here,
2: whatever you want. All right. Well,